Welcome everyone to another episode of The Testing Room where three of the video game industry's best gaming consultants bring you new topics each and every week to talk about. And I know you're thinking like, hey, what about the whole part where you've never consulted on a video game? Well, uh... I think when we consulted on the trophy system, it counts. So now we're just three of the best consultants to ever consult in the gaming industry. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's valid. So <laughs> um, either way, let's kick things off. My name is Alex, a.k.a. The Gauze Father. My name is Christian, a.k.a. Pseudo-Udo45. And my name is Preston, a.k.a. Funkadelic Jedi. All right, everyone. So we have a fun one for you uh, today and moving forward for, for the month of December. We are wrapping up our year, as I assume everyone else is too. Um, and today, after we talk about our weeks a bit, we have some funsies planned to give you our personal top 10 games of the year. So Preston will have his list and Christian his and myself, I have one. And then... Following this week, we will give you the definitive The Testing Room Pods top 10 list next week, where we are going to uh, debate. There's going to be a lot of arguing on that one. Yeah, (laughs) debate and hopefully agree on the top 10. Um, So we, we have some fun stuff planned moving forward here to the end of the year. I do want to go ahead and preface this week by saying we are allowing spoilers. So maybe we'll make a list or something for the social media so you can see the games that we pop up there if you just want to know what our list is. But if you're worried about spoilers, there will be spoilers in this episode. So just full disclosure, right off the bat. Yep. If you hear about a game, we won't give it a minute before we spoil it. But if we're talking about a game and you hear it and you haven't played it and you don't want to get spoiled on it, it's a good chance you might want to hit pause um, and we'll have we'll have notes, yes, so that we can you know time out when when games are talked about. That way, you know people can can scrub through as they as they like. Yeah, we just we thought it's one of those things where it, it's only fair if we give you our real reasons for where these things land on the top ten list. Which means we're gonna have to talk about that story. So let's get into uh, this weekend. Who would like to kick things off? I can week. go because uh, okay. mine's probably the shortest. Because um, I, I did not play very many new things. I played one new thing that I want to talk about, but other than that, um, my my week, uh, I mean, the last couple weeks has been basically just maintenance playing. So obviously played some Halo, um, like what I level, am want to do. What level in the battle pass are you now? I am 65 on the battle so pass high, now. Man. You're yeah. rolling, maybe, maybe the man. Team. So I've been I've been really like abusing 25. I've been yeah. really abusing right. the uh, the double XP boost, and also I have that's fair. I've been knocking out all the challenges. Like, so you've been you've been playing like crazy. You have been exploiting not exploiting in a negative way, but like you've been utilizing all the XP boosts that you have, and you're completing challenges. And you're only at level 60. That battle pass is still left. Is all I'm well, saying. so what I will say is that I am level 60, but the game has also been only been out for like a week and a half. So, yeah. It's been out, what, two weeks, right? No, not even. I don't Maybe think. Close, I think it's still a week and a half at this point. No, yeah. I disagree. 
Either way, even if it's <laughs> two <laughs> weeks, that battle pass weeks, is yeah. supposed to go till May, so I think it's going to be okay. Um, I do think, I mean, that that is not, like, the progression stuff definitely needs to be fixed, 100%. That's not, you know, excusing oh, yes. that at all. And to my point, so that's that's the one part that I wanted to touch on with Halo, which was so, and Preston heard me complain about this because he, he was on while I did it. So I completed uh, a weekly ultimate challenge, um, and it was get five killing sprees in Fiesta Slayer. So it was like their that little event that was going on. So I had to get five killing sprees, which is like you know, not like it's not simple. Like I have to get five kills in a row without dying. So like, it's not like it's not nothing. Yeah, five times. Once yeah. or twice is bad. Now for everybody who doesn't know, so like we try. were talking about last time when we talked about Halo, it was you know. There's challenges that give you 100 XP. Those are usually your dailies. And then there's, like, the mid-tier, which is 200. And then, like, the weekly, like, the harder weekly challenges are 300. Now, you would assume that once you complete all 20 of those challenges, and you get the ultimate challenge, and it nets you, like, the super cool exclusive item um, that's for that week, uh, you will also get a hefty chunk of experience with it. Uh, that is not the case. You only get 400. So it's like, cool, play, I guess. play four matches. Now, if you're... If play you're, four matches and call it done. If you're using double XP, right, it gets kicked up to 800, which is... But but still, like, it's not... It's for what you get. So either way, so I finish it, and I get this this apparently very... It's this skin, or the, it's a color, you know, color thing. Totally uh worth it on for the weekly thing and so not as only totally worth it but when you do it it's locked to an armor core that i don't use yep yeah because the armor core that i use has the reach armor unlocked on it for june that i like the the armor core is the special event armor core right the samurai looking so that one there there is an armor core for that special event one that being said that color does not go to that one the color goes to the oh go ahead the color goes to the base one that you start the game with. So yep. who's nobody even cares? Hey, you can show people that you got the super exclusive one if you want to use this right. random armor so, core. Look, here's the thing: they they need to stop this armor core shit. It needs to just every unlock needs to go across the board, and you can just should be able to switch pieces as, as you want. It's silly; it doesn't make any sense. But that's we've we've tread over that before, and I don't need, we don't need to go back into it. I mean, but, I'm I'm not happy with the event rollout either, to be honest. And it, it is it, it's what it's, I guess. But like, uh, you're gonna put this event for like a week over the week of Thanksgiving. So so like, I traveled home. I know it's coming back, but it's not coming back until like January or something. So I the whole week that like yeah. this thing is live, I missed it. So I didn't even yeah. get the only armor core that I even give a shit about. Is that sweet looking samurai one? And like, I missed the entire event because of now. Holiday. And Preston okay. can attest to this. That does go by really quick, and it's super easy. Day. He got it in one play session because. So what they do is, is they they filter in separate challenges that are for the event, and just completing one challenge gets you an instant level on your regular battle pass, but also an instant level on the event battle pass. So you just have to complete five challenges and they're all super. I mean, Preston is like play one match, get a couple kills, get us some assists and like use the mangler. Like he, it was very easy, but he did five 
in like an hour and a half that we played together and he got the samurai armor like bada bing bada boom i can't wait to have it and do it in january so yeah (laughs) yay Um, i'm not bitter about it or anything yeah so the other game that i played uh that was maintenance just 14 obviously at the time of this recording n walker comes out tomorrow um we tried to get our boy up there we tried to get him up there but he's still he's still trucking away in heaven's word but hey uh so yeah and walker comes out tomorrow i'm very excited i i honestly i can't wait um i'm excited to do other things while you guys are playing that yeah <laughs> part of final fantasy uh yeah and then listen to alex and i talk about some nonsensical story that yeah. I'm not going to remember by the time I get to it. It's fine. Actually, um, it, it might be fine because really what you'll do, Preston, is just listen to Christian explain the story to me. So you'll be as caught up as I am. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So I, I'm, I, I literally can't wait. It's, I, I'm so excited to see where this goes and what, what happened. I just, I can't, it's, it's very exciting. Um, but the new thing that I played this week that I wanted to touch on is so I played XO One. Have either of you guys heard of this game? No. So uh, Preston is familiar with this podcast because I think we. He I don't know how often you listen to it, but uh, so the Next Lander podcast with you know Vinny, some some ex uh, Giant Bomb I've folks dropped off. Yeah, yeah. Off. But I I I, listen, I still listen to it because I like I like Vinny. He's he's a good dude. I but, don't know the time I day. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but he he brought this game to my attention, and it sounds so. It's on Game Pass. Um, so for anybody who surprise or you know subscribes to Game Pass, you got it for the free. Um, but the reason that the way that it was pitched to me, and the reason that I wanted to check it out was it's basically like uh, Xbox's version of Journey, and that immediately made my ears perk up. I was like, okay, what's going on over here? All right. So I know Preston's like, fuck, I'm, I'm going to go to my Xbox to, right to now. To be fair, I'm looking at a video, and it looks like a forever flyer, like you're just flying around. So, so I'll explain would probably, it. Preston will so probably yell and argue sure. it's flower. I no, know. So, so it's, it's close to the journey, but I'll explain why. So, so here's the thing. So the game starts, uh, and it's basically about... The, the, the gameplay goes... You like It's this... I don't want to get too much into the story stuff, but... It's it's a, a basically a ship of some kind. Uh, you don't you don't know anything about it other than you know that it's a sort of high tech alien ship. Um, you're in it, and as you're traveling along, uh, you can pull the right trigger to basically do ten times whatever planet's gravity you're on, and then let go so of it. Go, and then the, so you'll go up in the air. So you go down because you go down in there. Okay. Yeah, ten times the gravity. So you're like wham, like you'll. So you can be soaring, soaring, and then just like shoot straight through like an ocean and hit the like it's you know it's crazy. But on the flip side of that, you press the left trigger, and you will do basically like negative ten times gravity, so like the moon thing. Like you know, like just you're it's super lightweight and you'll fly and all these things. So the way that it, the sort of ebbs and flow that it works is. As you're going, you might see, you know, some mountains or some hills or things like that. You can pull the gravity trigger and fly down the side and gain a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of speed. And then right as you're about to hit the apex of some ramp, hit the left trigger to do no gravity and you just, you know, shoot off. And as you're in the air, you can sort of flatten out and turn into like a disc. 
and that allows you to glide for a little while so you can let it go and sort of keep soaring as the orb and then pull it to you know glide and things like that um it's about four hours long i'm about halfway through it now um it is very relaxing the music is super super good uh and the story is like so far very like um stranger things esque like it's basically like trying to piece together what happened and you're getting like weird transmissions from what seems like a earth astronaut crew kind of thing um very cool very very cool and super big rep- recommend especially with how short it is it's something that you can do in a couple play sessions or just knock out in one giant one um but if you're just sitting there and you're like man i just want to play something and i just don't you know i don't want to think too hard like i just want to chill and go it's perfect it's great um the reason i say it's like journey though is because journey had a lot of those sliding pieces where you're like doing the sand surfing and sort of the ebbs and flows of gaining speed and then going up doing that. This has that sort of same thing. Um, it's very, very cool though. Uh, and then as far as I do have a little bit of an update, uh, that's like a Preston style update about things that I've watched slash things that are coming out. Oh, oh. So I've made it, I'm six episodes in to, uh, the cowboy bebop thing. Here you go. Um, I think, I think Preston, we've talked about this offline, so I won't go too far because you, you definitely can speak to it the most since you finished it. But I think that, excuse me, I think that it is best, if you've seen Cowboy Bebop before, it is best to go into this and just think of it as its own thing. Like, and it's just, trying to his own iteration of of bebop exactly yeah do not go into this thinking that it's just going to be like a shot for shot remake it's not sin city yeah it's not and you'll be you'll be horribly disappointed um if you go into it thinking that i think that it's best looked at through the lens of its own thing I don't know that anybody wanted to see a shot-for-shot remake, right? Like, they just wanted to bring... <laughs> Some people do. Some I don't know, man. So what's, what's, the, what's the fucking point? Why, so here, why, who wants a shot-for-shot shot remake? Because what's... No, it, just go watch the original if it's that good. I, tell, so me, look, tell me something original. Not that the story has to be original, but, like, give me your own rendition. If I want to listen to Queen sing We Are the Champions... I don't want to go listen to some like Panic at the Disco sound just like Queen. I would rather just listen That's to Queen. Insane. Like, give me your own version. I so right? I I I I agree. And and I and and had there are there are characters in this mm. remake that are that are not done good like they're bad they are Not bad really. even even in the can, sense can of it's an it's, example of one you know what I'll, yeah. since it, since they show up in okay. episode one i because I, I won't spoil the one that's way down the line but for people who know bebop and then but this is this is somebody who's shown up in the fucking trailers but also is in episode one vicious vicious is horrible compared to the show horrible and when i but what i mean by that is 
and Preston can you know talk to this too, but sure. Vicious shows up. He's done. You are drip fed information about Vicious in the original. Um, it's very, very, very slow burn that goes over across the, across the episodes. Um, and he's handled in sort of that sort of like, he's given like that mythical kind of thing in the show and that's how he's treated in it. Whereas this one, they try to pull the same thing off, but by, but every 15 minutes they're like, but vicious though, but vicious though, but Hey, hey, no, 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 shut up, shut up. But vicious though. Do you, what did you see him? Did you see him? Here he is. Did you see him? And you're like, yeah, dude. Okay, like I get it. Julia's like, there too. Julia. Julia. Yeah, yeah Julia, Julia. That's another thing. Like that's insane. Like that is such a big. So either way, my point in saying that is, I was cool with it, but there's, I, I even didn't really like the vicious stuff for me was I was just like that's a dumb way to do this, but you know whatever. If that's the story you're telling, that's the story you're telling. I think that they also, Alex, if you were to ever go back and watch original Bebop, I've done both. I've watched both. You've watched both now. Finally. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow. Okay. How, f- dude, oh my God. First of <laughs> all, so I've been asking you to watch, you've been supposed to catch up on JoJo forever ago and you blasted <laughs> all of fucking Bebop. Get the fuck out of here. Bebop's in English. All of I don't Bebop? know what you want from me. It's, it's like 28 episodes. episodes. Yeah, yeah but he not- only has like 28 episodes of JoJo left anyway because he's almost done with it. But, it, but, so it's, in, but it's in Japanese. Whatever. Oh, anyway, on my side. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I still like it better. It just again, we've talked about it. We're not getting into it. I have so to read okay, it so you're, so you're, so you, you, you seen all. So then, mm-hmm. but I think the like just the actor. I think that the actor does the best job that he can. But I think the director of the live action series did not handle the that character well as far as his direction for that actor you're still speaking of vicious yeah yeah yes yeah i didn't like i didn't like the casting he got he grew on me towards the end because to your point you do see him so much but when i first saw him i actually thought it was a different actor that i've seen in other things yeah and he just something about the wig and what he was wearing he didn't wear his costume well yes like it's unbelievable and especially in the problem and the reason i feel like that so heavily especially with vicious is because like you know the three i think the three mains are good but specifically spike and jet are nailed they are so good so 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 good camaraderie is fantastic and so then since you've seen alex you can say like that's just not the best version of what vicious could have been no. Especially because, in my opinion, I don't know about your. I mean, well, you might be able to get into it, but in my opinion, I think he's handled expertly in the original show. Like it's great. He comes off as a really good villain. Um, very mysterious. Very downward spoken. Doesn't say a lot of words. And in this show, he talks a doesn't lot. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, he's like my master. My plan. It's like whatever, well, dude. Like I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it is because the way we consume content and the way Netflix. You know, you're you're limited by episodes, and you're trying to tell the story because you're not sure how long those series is going to run. Is it going to get picked up or whatever? Um, are people going to take to the character? So I think they were a little limited by time. I think what happens at the end is good and comes off well. But both Julia and Vicious, just the actors and the characters, were the two weakest 
parts of yeah, the show. Yeah, and, and, and their importance is stolen from them mm-hmm. in the live-action one, mm-hmm. where it is, it, it's shown so well in the anime. Like it's, you know, but that's, you know, get out of there. But speaking of JoJo, the last thing that I'll say and then I'm done with my week is that Stone Ocean is out today. Part 6 is out today. Oh, so you're on that. fucking notice, I you motherfuckers. <laughs> like, I'm, the next podcast, I'm talking about it. And I, I obviously won't spoil it, but no, yeah, I, I, I literally will just, you guys will not hear me shut the fuck up about, I'm so stoked. I can't I'll wait. I'll try harder. I'll try harder. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm literally like tonight, I'm probably going to watch a bunch of it just cause I'm going to be like, you know, already geeked for tomorrow for Endwalker and I'm going to be like, Oh, you know, what am I going to do tonight? And it's going to be watch a bunch of Jojo. So but it's all of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, they just I um, they just dropped everything. Yeah, this psychopath, which is yeah. good because even Netflix now and like uh, Hulu, well Hulu always does it, but even Netflix and Disney and stuff are back to this like weekly drop thing. And we've we've done this weird thing in society where you watched weekly shows and then streaming services came out and then everybody went through the binge thing, which is great. And now series are like, well, we don't think you're fully absorbing the shows we want to tell binging it at once so we want to go back to this weekly bullshit so i'm really mad at all these streaming services that are like making me wait a week dude like, we've always what talk- i want to watch the, so, these media companies are just snakes eating their own tail all the time i knew so as soon as JoJo's everybody was talking about once. cutting the cord and shit i was like if you think these streaming services are not just going to be become <laughs> right. fucking cable companies <laughs> like yeah. do you remember when streaming services and cutting the cord was cheaper than cable and I know it's just there are so many you just have cable again. Yep, yeah, that's anyway, very cool. Another story. But hey, not that we know anybody that does this, because that would be, be wrong. Honest. But there is a way to keep it cheap for everybody by just you know being very Socialism. with uh, yeah well, with your logins. <laughs> just just hand out your logins to your friends. We don't do that on this show. No, I want to say we all pay for our subscription separately. But that is you know I have heard of ne'er do wells doing that. People do this and save a lot of money, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Not us, though. Would never think of a thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. So, cool. Um, well, Preston, I'll go next. I'll steal the thunder from yeah, you because it. mine's short as well. Um, so I mentioned yeah, earlier, Yeah. I mentioned earlier I traveled home for Thanksgiving, so I haven't done much of anything because Mountain Boy. Yeah, all the way to West Virginia? All the way to West Virginia, yeah. Um, <laughs> I am. Do okay. Well, there. <laughs> so, if if you're not if you're not from a backwoods sit, state, you're greeted by a banjo as soon as just, you come in. This airport Churches is so with tiny. snakes. This this airport is so tiny. Like you fly in and it's there's there's three gates, if you will, gate one, two, and three. But it's just it's one room. And you just like everybody crowds together in like a one hundred by one hundred foot square foot room, and you just I could I could literally like sprint from gate one to gate two to gate three in about seventeen seconds. Like that's how close together they are. And you don't load on a jet bridge; you actually walk onto the tarmac and like walk up some stairs and load. Like like the old school way in the sixties, people boarded planes. That's essentially yeah. what it is. I um, imagine when you and Ellie get off the plane there, like you just all the you just like everything pauses for a second. And you guys, you all you guys hear is them Duke boys are at it again. <laughs> we're not we're not from Tennessee, so <laughs> whatever. It's the same difference. Um, it's it, it is different. I mean, you you 
you feel it. Like sometimes you feel a place, right? Like you look around what people are wearing and, and stuff and, and the things on their hats and the things on their shirt. And, you're <laughs> and the, the one colors person, of those hats and shirts. You're the Seriously. one person not wearing red. Um, so it's, it is interesting. Um, but it was fun. Go, go on to see our family. We always have a blast with our family. Um, so I went home, but I can't travel with a PS5 or an Xbox because one, they're kind of big. Well, the series um, the Xbox, is... Yeah. But two, like I would have to protect those things for dear life. Cause we're a year in and people still don't have them. So yeah. I don't trust anybody with anything right now. Um, so I didn't play much of anything. Uh, really enjoyed time with family and that's all we did. Uh, since I've been home, I've continued to play cyberpunk. I beat the story. I uh, enjoyed the story right now. I'm just knocking out Christian. I think I told you this. I'm just knocking out side quests um, because it's kind of mindless. Like I can sit in a room with Allie and we can listen to a podcast. And now that the story's done, I can have the game on mute and just run yeah, through. Not and, yeah. And That's not how care. I like playing games is on mute. Um, it's a sign of a good well, game. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> ridiculous. The story was good. I enjoyed it. Um, but that's all I'm going to say. I mean, that's all I've really done is is that there are games actually there's not much i'm looking forward to other than final fantasy i mean final fantasy is going to consume the next little bit for us and then halo drops on yeah the seventh the seventh or eighth which is next week too so it's going to be a busy december but filled with just a couple of things um yeah as far as shows i did finish cowboy bebop and i think i said the last time we talked that show grew on me like, by the time I got to the end, I enjoyed it. Because the first couple episodes, I was not sold. And what's funny, though, is that sure. when we asked you, because Press and I asked you, like, now that you've seen the live action, do you have any desire to go back and watch the original? And you said, none. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I did. so good. I did. And what happened was I was doing other stuff. Like, I was drawing on my iPad or working. And, like, I wanted background noise and wasn't sure what to do. So I just hopped on Netflix and saw Cowboy Bebop there. And I was like, well. Why not the garbage version of the animated to be To be fair, originally I did not realize that Cowboy Bebop lasted, like, a season. So I was anticipating this, like, slog. No, 26 or so, I think. Yeah, Yeah, it was, like, 28 or something. It was nothing major. And they're Um, only 20 minutes long as opposed to the hour long that Netflix ones were. Which evens out, to be fair. Yeah. It does. Probably, yeah. After watching it seeing that I saw the live action first, I actually like the live action better. You're insane. Um, okay. Wrong. Hey, no, <laughs> I, it's, I, I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, I, I am. I am happy in general that you watched him though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I agree with the villains and I agree that like those two characters, the actors don't portray them in the best way, but I like John Cho's live action version of spike. Like he just brings so much character and charisma. He's, to the role. Perfect. He, it is him and jet. It is, yes, it is unfair how good those two castings were specifically. Like, mm-hmm. I, it, it, they're the, and it, what sold it for me was their, the way they do their banter. Like, it just, it, it comes across so genuine that if you told me that those two were just huge fans of the anime, like, I, had, I would have been like, that makes sense. It's, it's that good. They do a very, it, very good job. So from John was, yeah. Yeah, so from the moment I saw John Cho on screen, like I was bought into him as Spike. He was great. He's great. Jet, hair and a photo? Yeah, I was done. Yeah. Jet looked great, but there was something about the first episode or two from not having seen the original that felt a little uh 
a little dry or a little forced to me at first. Maybe a little campy. Maybe. Maybe that was yeah. a problem. Maybe I didn't well, that, anticipate I mean, it being so campy, a, right? A daughter. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't it wasn't until I honestly fell in love with Faye. Like her her timing, her comedic timing and sarcasm works so well with the other two together. Yes. And the dynamic of like even the stupid joke of like shower bath shower. Right, or, or was oh, it bath, bath shower, yeah. bath or whatever like that was, yeah. and they like they're mad at her taking the time, like taking up all their bathroom time, and then all of a sudden, like by the end of the episode, Spike is all sold and stuff. Like just something with the three of them together that works so well that by the end of it, like I just I, the, my only problem with Faye is that I think she's introduced in the original show better than she, she is in the live action. She they give us a little bit of that, but they still the one thing I spent more time. Yeah, the one thing I've noticed from the anime is we never see her in action in the live action, right? Like, right, whereas in the anime, she gets... She starts off, like, she she kicks open a saloon door and she's, like, shooting people, right? Yeah. yeah. And I can't think of any time... She chases a couple people and maybe there's a punch, but, like, for the most part, any physical action, she's kind of sidelined in that show. They send and her over here, so like they, over there, they, so. they make it a point because they're, like... That's about it. They want to get people to get bought into this live action one, right? So, like, the first episode shows around, they just shove Faye right in it, even though she's not in it at all. But they just shove her right in it, and they're like, boom, here she is. And then she doesn't show back up again. Yeah. Like, episode I was confused. three or four. I thought I until four. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that's three hours, basically, that you go without seeing her again. And you're just like, if, if you okay. were already going to put that big of a gap before showing people her again in the live action... Why not just introduce her like how she normally would have been? Yeah. Like why not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. episodes later. Yeah. Yeah. Like save so. the reveal if it, it, at least it just yeah. There's weird decisions all over the place. But yeah, I agree. Sure. I but them them together and, and her as the actress, I I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, it took me a moment too to grab the concept. Like I was a little offended in the first episode when you see the uh, guy and the girl on the run and they walk into the bar and literally like she drapes herself over her boyfriend and kind of kisses him and then he goes to get a drink that is literally a shot for shot of like Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek from Desperado like if you go back and watch recently no did you really that's so weird that's so weird so I saw that I haven't seen the movie in years but I saw that I was like this is like a shot for shot so then I was really confused on what the show is trying to do and I, I, I got it that every episode kind of spans different genres. There's a, there's a noir one with the Jet episode where he goes to do his past and other stuff. And then when I saw the anime and realized, like, every episode is just, like, a different genre-spanning thing, it made more sense. Um, but I did enjoy... I think they, they blurred the lines of those genres with sci-fi really well. And speaking of sci-fi, some of the best scenes in that show were their sci-fi tech. Like their jump gates, oh, so good. Are, are so All the CG well space done. scenes were yeah, and especially with how phenomenal. small their budget was, I was blown away at how how good a lot you of it. Get a lot of them, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know how far they're going to take the show. I definitely think and hope it's going to get a second season. Um, I just listening to John Cho, Cho talk and stuff and saying like this was a great bit of fanfic and and other stuff. I don't know that the actors are necessarily bought into doing the show long term. It's not. It's not that. But it's not that they're not bought in. Them. I think that it fun. it has not hit the the review circuit well. 
Yeah. And I don't think Netflix is going to green light it. Yeah. And, nope. and that uh, sucks. They would have said so already, I feel. Yeah. yeah. It, it was fun. Um, so I was hoping for another one, but I don't, I don't think they're going to get it. Um, otherwise, that was, that was kind of my week. Music is God tier. What is it? The, the, the music in oh. the original oh. plus Me? the live at... The, so you, guys, that, you, you guys were talking about like, oh, they got the original uh, composer back. And I was like, okay, so I watched the show and I was like, cool, the composer's there. I went, to the, I went to the anime anticipating like similar but different music. But no, like the intro itself is just is straight ripped. Like, it, is it is just the intro. Yeah. It well, is just Because what intro. else are you going to do, right? Like, sure. that would be, like I, if, they, if, the, if she wrote a new theme, it, none, it, it wouldn't come, it wouldn't, nothing would touch it. Because, like, especially with the way that intro is shot and how it goes from, like, panel to panel kind of thing, yeah. that sort of smooth jazz thing that it goes through is, it's literally perfect. There's no, there's nothing to change there. Um, there okay. are some little, like, I, I know I, there are new pieces that they that she did in the, in the show. But, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. In general, just as a composer, it's slam dunk. It was so good, the, yeah. The music in good. Bebop is so good. So, Preston, what's your week like? Well, just to trail off the Cowboy Bebop and kind of give it a close on my thoughts and uh, a little bit here and there. Um, again, just to trail off the uh, last uh, opinion, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Um, yeah. Yes, you get all the sounds you want. Um, you get them, what you remember them to be here and there, and then you get a little bit of extra. Mm-hmm. And some of those times you're going to a bar, you also have that kind of jazz feel that kind of comes into it as well. And it's just, they, they, they put it in there in a really good way. Other than some I would wish would be put in a different way. Like the, uh, I forget what the song is called off the top of my head, but the, uh, the, har- the harmonica song. Um, the only time you ever get it is just in Spike's headphones and it kind of trails off. And it's just, that to me is one of my favorite ones. And I kind of wish they went and did a little more with that. Um, and there's some of those songs that didn't make it in, um, but I also feel that this was 10 episodes. They were about an average to 45 minutes to an hour long, depending on certain episodes. When the original series was like 26 episodes and usually about 20 to 30 minutes long, depending. It's like 23 minutes, yeah. Yeah, so I, I can see them trying to do half and half, right? And make them a little longer, kind of fill in some stuff here and there. But... I love the way they are doing their reiteration of it. Um, so like, I feel the first episode, the one like you were talking about earlier, uh, <laughs> the uh, Desperado kind of uh, themed one uh, was that one was. And when I was watching the show, I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to try to do a Sin City with this. They're going to do like a shot for shot, almost exactly like it, maybe changing up a little bit. But that was pretty close from what I remember uh, that episode being and uh, the Red Eye episode. And uh, once they got to the second or third episode, I'm like, okay, you're doing something completely different, introducing Vicious and Julia and making this more of a story point and a overarching uh, plot point throughout the entire series, not just giving us that sprinkled in, which I do think the animation did better. Um, but I didn't hate it. I went into this going, okay, let's see what you want to do different. You're giving me more story on this side um, of the uh, the plots from the actual um, idea of the story, which the original creator of the uh, Cowboy Bebop was a consultant on this. So I feel that 
certain things he's like yes vicious would be trying to do this during this time and julia would be there with him but we didn't see that in the animation so i feel this is giving us like a different view of that story uh which i don't hate and i i accept it um and overall we talked about camaraderie we talked about all this kind of stuff like the dialogue between the characters when they're sitting there just in their ship is fucking phenomenal that's what sold me completely that's what made me love this show and keep watching it um do I want a season two? After watching the last little part of episode of season one, I don't know. Yeah. I think we could just stop here. Um, I don't know, Christian. I told you I didn't want to spoil it for you, but I don't know if you spoiled it for yourself. But uh, there's something that happens at the very end of the last episode uh, that details. I went and watched the Castle Suit Beast clip because I couldn't. You, after yeah, you described I, it, I had to go see it. I'm just going to say that a certain special character pops up and <clears throat> I could see how they would want that character to act a certain way. Um, I don't like it and I don't care to see season two if that's what's going to be most of the time. I did not like it. So, and that was before I saw the anime. Right. Yeah. So, and I think I told you guys that I was like, Preston, I, I want to know what your thoughts when you get to the end. Cause like that care, I, I didn't like it at all. It was, it was too. And especially compared to a, how, good that character is in the regular show you know what can we just say it because there's only one more fucking character we need to introduce all the other characters are in here yeah that's fair and like so spoiler alert for the next five to ten seconds spoiler warnings for one minute 15 seconds starting now ed she's in there um she's in horribly horribly yeah. weird it's a weird jolt to how good the other characters were too like just so i do feel they're they're still pulling off the vibes of what that character was in the animation, but I don't think it does well for live action and you need to change that character a little bit to kind of give it more of a live action yeah. feel. And more so, cause I think the, thing. yeah, I think the problem is, is that with the animation, Ed has the ability to be, you just have to make sure the voice is right. Right. Like you can write the character as a 13, 14 year old, but the person who's delivering the lines does not necessarily have to be that. Right. Like exactly, they just have to have a kid voice, or or a sound sound. It just needs to sound believable, right? But like the person who's delivering the lines can actually be a good voice actor, voice actress, whatever. Yeah. But with the live action one, it seems like they're like, well, we have to get a kid, and it's got to act like a thirteen or fourteen year, and you're just like, oh. I could not listen to that character for another. 10 episodes i i was not stoked about the the stinger let's say at the end of the season at all so um outside of that i did really enjoy this the show it seemed great um if they make some decisions last minute and want to do season two change some things up i'd be down with it sure um other than that i would say i did watch one other movie and play one new game um, outside of the usual Halo stuff. Um, I'll start with the movie since we haven't gotten to games for me yet. There is a phenomenal movie that came out recently called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Did anybody go see this? No. I, didn't, I don't assume anyone would see this unless Alex had a wild hair and had some time off. No, I have not. All right. So, um, I'm a big Ghostbuster guy. I like myself some Ghostbusters. Um... When I watched the uh, 
what do you call it now? It's not Ghostbusters Afterlife. It's Ghostbusters New Beginnings or something like that. <clears throat> I forget the the female led one. Um, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I did not like how they replaced the uh, original Ghostbusters as different characters in the sh- on the uh, movie. I wish they would make them like legacy characters and brought it in like that. And that's kind of what this show does. It's like, hey, those characters from back in the day actually happened. This is a moving forward point. You are now following the daughter and granddaughter and grandson of uh, Egon, uh, who has died. Uh, so Harold Ramis character, obviously um, dead in real life. Um, R.I.P. or Harold. Um, but <clears throat> they go out there and he's been this like, crazy kook in the middle of nowhere, USA. And a lot of people would say it's kind of a reiteration of the first one. I don't think so. I think they'd put a lot of plot points in the first one. So it's a lot of the same kind of characters, Gozers, uh, the dogs, everything like that. Like it's Stay Puft Marshmallows are there in a weird fashion. You've seen in the trailers. Um, it's you're pulling a lot of nostalgia for it um, and it works. Uh, they do it really well. Um, uh, the uh, the son of the original director and writer, uh, he's also a part of this as well. Um, he's been a part of other movies like Up in the Air, uh, Juno, and things of that nature, uh, doing directing things for that. And uh, he does a really great job with this. Um, I think he pulls the nostalgia hints. He pulls the feels from what his dad did back in the day. His dad's obviously there with his shoulder, still there. And uh, it's it's a it's a very good sh- it's a very good movie. Um, if you enjoy Ghostbusters, you'll enjoy this movie. I don't want to give anything away about the story plots and points. Um, a lot of people are saying it's like a Stranger Things kind of episode movie. I don't think that. I think they just see the Stranger Things kid and there's Ghostbusters involved, so they automatically want to call it Stranger Things. It's not. Um, the camaraderie in the team that happened with this, uh, one of the best new casts is uh, a young man called Podcast. Because you know what he does? He, he makes podcasts. He has a podcast. Yep, and he carries around microphones and does horror stuff and kind of funs around. Like I'm like... This is a very fun, quirky edition, and I, I love it. They just went hard on it, and it's, it, it gets the love. It gets the kind of feels that you want from Ghostbusters. Um, it's fun. It's funny, and it has a lot of science involved in horror as well, so I think it does a really great job. Um, one thing I will say is uh, AMC done fucked up. I'll talk to you boys about this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So as we all know, I don't care to tote it, but I'm more of a Marcus guy, right? My, my theater's near me. That's where I go. I go see my shows at Marcus. When I go to movie no, theaters. Preston, put, put them on blast. Let, let AMC I'm know. Do. I'm going to right now. Yeah, you, so, tra- you trash AMC, Marcus. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, AMC's got the promotion. Okay. AMC's going to say, you get like a, an Ecto-1 like little toy fucking thing that goes on top of your popcorn bucket, where the fuck it is. And it comes with the large popcorn, so therefore the price you pay for it, which is like 36 bucks, is not that outrageous because <sighs> popcorn costs like $20 anyways. So you're only paying like 16 bucks for this fucking cool-looking replica of the Ecto-1 that you Fuck pop over the top theaters. of and you eat your popcorn out of, right? Sounds yeah. cool. For a person who's a good Ghostbuster fan, might want to sit down and watch And you are you are a, a fine collector of physical movie theater memorabilia. We both have the coin for seeing, uh, was it Infinity War? Um, yeah. The uh-huh. like, pre-night. Like, we got a special coin for it and everything. Um, I'm like, okay, so day one, we got to go. Okay, taking mom, my sister, we're going to go. Fuck it, let's do it. And we go up there. I'm like, I don't see any on the shelves, like anywhere displayed. I'm like, I guarantee there's fucking sold out. She's like, yeah, we're sold out. I'm like, okay, cool. It's fine. 
you're sold out. You only probably had a limited edition, like a, a limited amount. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's only six thirty in the afternoon. Oh, that's fine. It's fine. She's like, yeah, and Clint's like, oh man, it's sold out. And I guess, like, so like, uh, I guess it got pretty popular. She's like, yeah, you know, a couple people bought it this morning, and then some guy came in and bought the rest eleven of them, and we sold them to him. And like, I'm back behind my mom and my sister. And I'm like, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut right now. Like, I am so fucking pissed off. This is what we talk about when we talk about Pokemon cards or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. I'm a 34-year-old man. I can buy an actual Ecto-1 if I wanted to off of eBay, probably, if I get a loan out and some shit. Um, but I can also just buy a toy replica that actually looks a lot nicer. But I just want to have a fun time and have the fucking Ecto and pass the popcorn around with my fucking family. Think of a kid who actually liked Ghostbusters and was getting there like... Yeah, we're gonna go there, and he's like, "Oh, I can do this fucking uh, Ghostbuster car. I'm gonna get it. Yeah, it's gonna be great." And they go up there. I'm like, "Yeah, no." Oh, they give some fi- Yeah, they give no. They give all eleven to like some fifty year old man who's gonna just, sell them on eBay, which is going for over a hundred dollars right now. I also love that um, Preston just said that. Like Preston, there is no child on the planet going to that movie for Ecto One. It is all our age. That I don't thing know, is man. targeted there, there towards a kid no, who sees the wrong. trailer who's like excited and like this movie looks cool. Wrong. Maybe a kid in that theater who is loving the fucking movie yeah. and was talking about it and talking about Maybe. Bill Murray and shit. Nice. Ninety percent of the people going to get that Ecto One are because think about it. Why else would they be going for a hundred dollars online? I know it's not. It's not the eight year olds that are spending a hundred bucks. No, but that whole yes, that, but that, 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 that human they, that human bot. Walked inside, yeah, but he and still stole that. All. He still stole that opportunity from a child who might oh. be able to experience it. Yeah, and, and that child's name is Preston, like Jake, who won't sell their Pokemon card box for over a hundred dollars over asking value because Jake knows that fucking kids need to be out there and enjoying themselves and paying him money, not some jackass who wants to pay an extra hundred dollars. The goat. Hey, I I don't disagree. I agree completely. I just thought it was funny that you you, you didn't say it was you. That he stole it from. No. It was some child, but he stole it from you. That asshole stole it from you. He did. He did. But he, no, he did. But no. He's a dick. And he. There and, so many other children he stole it from as well. I'm torn. Yes. Allie and I talked about it because I was frustrated for you. And not that I care about Ecto 1, but just this thing that we have in society now where people decide they can ruin other people's fun by not just. If you want one, go get one, right? If you don't want. Look. I'm even okay if you want to sell things online. There, there are collector markets for a reason. Yeah, but sure. you get to like, buy. Books. Yeah, but you get to sure. buy one, and you get to sell that one. You don't get to buy all of them, eleven, and then hoard it. And that was my problem. Now, Allie and I, when we talked about it, she made a good point. She's like, "The sad thing is, probably like a seventeen-year-old kid working at that AMC is like, I don't care, whatever." That kid probably should have asked. And said, like, oh, I don't, like, played it off. I don't know. Let me go ask my manager. And then they could have come back with an answer and said no. But, like, they didn't care. They were like, well, whatever. And honestly, I'm sure that manager didn't give a fuck either. That's true. That's true. Because that manager was probably 18, where that kid was 17. And the the manager could probably just look at that and go, yeah, do get these the fuck off the shelf. Yeah, exactly. That that was the thing to me is, like, I almost, I I even said it to you guys. Like, I didn't say anything while I was there. But, like, I kind of want to send, like, a kind of a passive aggressive email to them. You totally should. It's be like, you know what? It's not just me. Like the whole story I told you guys, like yeah. it's the kids. Yeah. Like <laughs> think of the like, children. Think of, think of like, the youth, you, you motherfucker. It, <laughs> you sold it to some fucking 50 year old sweatpants wearing motherfucker 
coming into your store, probably didn't actually watch the movie, just bought a ticket to buy the fucking things, and then walked the fuck out of there with a stack. He probably he couldn't even fucking carry it. He probably had to take like five out, three out of time, this piece of shit, and put it in the back of his fucking van with no windows, and fucking going to sell on eBay. I'm getting a very clear picture of this person now. A profit AMC does not get invested in it at all. So why the fuck does that manager care other than, like Alex said, get these out of my fucking theater now. I, I don't know if they're actually going to sell. If he wants to pay, get them out. I partially blame AMC, but really I just blame... I blame those Society. people that exist. Yeah, I blame those people that exist that, like, I'm going to buy an xbox it's on the same. every drop or a playstation on every yeah. drop and that's why it's been a year and people still don't have it like that's just a that's just a shitty attitude yeah to have so to say i hey, control man. everybody's fun for like, everybody's struggling it's been a hard two years in general and like you finally get the extra the extra income to go spend on something fun and somebody ruins your fun by buying them all and then selling them for more right like yeah. i understand the concept of supply and demand but supply and demand and driving up demand by reducing oh, yeah. supply strictly on the basis that you're an asshole and you can come to me and be like oh well that's capitalism yeah i have my fucking problems with that shit too yeah. right sounds like, like it, it, it sounds like shit. sounds yeah, like you just sure. don't have the sigma mindset grind set dude and that's yeah, that's unfortunate no, for you i was you. not there for the first morning preview of ghostbusters that day because i fucking worked it was called a friday and um i yeah i did not have time enough time i guess to go get that for myself the day it was out not to mention, like, a week later where I'm trying to fucking get that shit. No, it was the day it was out. So, no, fuck AMC. Marcus, Marcus would have never done this to you. Yeah, AMC, you trash. To be fair, Marcus doesn't give me shit anymore outside of rewards points. But, yeah, they do very well with rewards points, so I'll give them that. And they have so a cafe. those points at the bar. And they have a cafe in their movie theater that's a bunch of car seats. Yeah. Like, that's dope. That's still there? Yeah, that's still there. No, I haven't been. I haven't been to St. Louis in three years. I wasn't so no talking idea. to you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's still there. They got games they're playing, like they, you know, the, the sports games. You know, your sports. <laughs> the sports there. games. Yeah. They have the sports football. games on TV. Generally, hey, baseball. I look to the left and they have the arcade over there, which is pretty dope as hell. Like I saw some of the games are in there, and like it's not, yeah. it's not that bad. I just haven't gone over there and played arcade there because I go in for a movie and I get the fuck out. Large movie theaters because because of the. Uh, the astronomical prices now and the fact that people don't know how to conduct themselves in public any longer. Yeah. Large movie theaters. Like I have no urge to go back to them. Like I go to the 21 and over and even those push it sometimes, but I go to the 21 and over where you buy your seats ahead of time and you can order food and drinks and everybody shuts up. Cause there's like 30 people in there. Some people and, have too many drinks and that's <laughs> some people. And that's really about <laughs> it because like yeah. p- people of all ages cannot conduct themselves and especially if you live in a state like mine that's pretty open in general like once once a state opened back up people forgot what societal i'll be honest i'm not sure your state ever shut down we did for we did for a hot minute um, very yeah. short. You did very have short. there was one three day weekend i think you guys yeah for. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but like all the societal norms that people abided by before like went out the window when they came and they came back. Yeah, people so, are wild now. It, it, yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. So anyway, um, so Preston, nope. anything else this week? I was gonna say yeah. He still has, he's got his game. Games. Yeah. So Ghost Special was great. Um, as far as games, um, not too 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 much. Uh, more some more Halo. A little touchy touch on Final Fantasy. Um, but outside of that, um, I have started playing Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Yeah. Uh, I know I mentioned to you guys uh, WarioWare. Um, I immediately throw that back out there because I knew I didn't really care for it too much. So I was kind of excited and happened to be in my queue. But I really wanted to play Guardians of the Galaxy. Damn, so shots fired it. WarioWare. It, it's probably fine. I just, it's probably I know fine. what it is. It's WarioWare has happened many times, and I've never yeah. really cared for it for the most part. So, Guardians sounded great, especially after Alex gave me some recommendations, and I hear like four or five other people on another podcast about like, not that bad. I'm like, okay, well, shit, fuck. I like Guardians. Let's see what you happens. You have been known to enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, I am a, a fan of those Guardians. Um, but yeah, I started uh, playing that up a little bit, um, got a couple hours into it, and I do enjoy it. Um, the uh, obviously the soundtrack is fantastic. Um, the story is a lot of fun to kind of go into, and like obviously it starts you that way. About thirty to forty-five minutes in, if not an hour, like you are mostly doing dialogue and walking around your ship, kind of pulling a Mass Effect kind of thing, talking to your crewmates, and kind of just seeing what's up, what's up. And uh, then you start playing the game. Um, you start going into a very linear levels here and there. Um, environments are beautiful. Uh, it seems a lot of fun, and again, soundtrack is fantastic. But combat it's all right it's fine yeah i'm flying around got my jet boost boots boots flopping around boats flapping around and uh tossing my teammates at people in a very awkward manner the controls for the combat don't seem right i think i need to change them up a bit alex did you change the 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 controls at all no, I, I will say you... Was it, was it weird to you? Like, just like, you're trying to fight and shoot, and you're trying to drop a teammate in, and you're pressing the other button, and you're pressing another button, but you have to press it twice. Well, like I told you, for me, it was natural because Tales of Her Eyes is something similar, and I went bang, bang. Oh, okay. Right? But one thing so you'll find... Yeah. yeah, one thing you'll find is, like, I flew in the first couple hours, I did the same thing. Like, I fly around on my jetpack, and I, I shoot about... A third of the way into that game, your characters will start becoming so powerful where you run in, you hit L1, and you just do everybody's special move, including your own, and just move on. Like, there's no jumping and round and stuff. You might dodge, but there's no, like, I'm shooting, and I'm doing that. It's just, like, special, 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 and go. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. So I'm getting, like, I'm getting elemental stuff for my weapons now with Peter. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's it's interesting. It looks really good. It looks fantastic. And, uh... Coming from Squeenix, I was kind of worried. They kind of dropped the ball with uh, Avengers, so I'm like, eh, it's probably going to be kind of like that, right? It's going to be kind of just kind of a half-assed, kind of looks good, kind of sounds good. Maybe there's some story to it that we might enjoy. But the uh, story seems fun. Uh, it's very funny. Um, I'm enjoying the decisions I'm making as far as do I want to throw a rocket over a Travas or do I want to make Groot try to do something else? You may have chosen Rocket. He may have been really pissed at me for the next, like, hour. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it, there is dynamics to it. Um, it, it's just, it's been very enjoyable. Um, as far as a very linear story driven game, kind of like a, a Kina, if you will, back in the, when I talked about it, combat's not that great, but I'm enjoying the story beats. And I think the cutscenes and people, things outside of that dialogue are your reward for dealing with the average gameplay. Not, um, I will say not every decision matters that much for the story, but there oh, are yeah, a couple, sure. I say there's a couple of, uh, like, not throwing somebody over something, but like a couple of main story dialogue options that you have that when I went through and played it that second time, I chose different stuff and you, there's like five or six points in the game where you will have completely different experiences 
to the way the entire level plays out. So like where you end up or where you start off and, and the things you do in the meantime, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm enjoying a lot of the, uh, you find a side kind of area to go into. Cause it's, like I said, it's very linear, but all of a sudden you'll see that one, Oh, just to the left or right, which one's the main kind of area to go to. You go to the left and someone's like, Oh, I guess we're fucking around now. I guess we're just exploring. Peter's got to go over there and see what happens. That's, that's my rocket impression. Um, <laughs> please, please never stop that. Yeah, that's very good, Bradley um, Cooper. Yeah. No, yeah, you, thank <laughs> you. Um, but yeah, I, I, there, it's, it's fun how it does that dynamic, but I feel that sometimes when you go in and out of those areas, it cuts itself off pretty roughly. Um, I feel God of War did a lot of good stuff with that as far as when you and the kid are talking. If you were to stop and start and like go into a dock or go out of a dock, something like that, um, if you both were talking at the same time and had a conversation going, um, you would kind of continue it in a what seems like a natural way. Um, this is just, no, it will straight up stop in the middle of somebody's sentence and all of a sudden you're going to the next dialogue that actually progresses you forward to wherever you're walking. And I, I feel that kind of breaks the immersion. I feel like games that do dialogue like that would do a little better. Um, me knowing God of War and playing it, um, I feel that's the epitome of that. Um, so that's the kind of... That, that and the combat are the only kind of downfalls of it. Um, combat is still goofy fun. It, when, when I press the, uh, the the double bumpers and I get my special like team ultimate, if you will, and it plays a fucking licensed song and you're sitting there just like, everyone's ultimates right now. Like we're going to be using special moves all day. There's no refreshes, no like anything like that. Like just let's just have fun. And there's a fun song that goes along with it. Like it's it's very enjoyable. I, I, I like it a lot. It's uh, it's p- very pleasant. If, if I can, if I can give you any advice, when you do meet Mantis, take your time in some of those dialogue spots mm-hmm. because, like, dialogue with her, she's so well written um, that sometimes if you cut it off, you will miss some stuff. Like, because I, I agree with you, like, it does hard cut if you go too far. So just yeah. take your time when you're with her and listen to all okay. she has to say because she's well done. All right, so pay attention to Mantis. Okay, fair enough. Um, aside from that, enjoy me some Halo. I played some Final Fantasy. That, that, that's it for me. I got nothing else. All right. Well. Oh, I'm sorry. Cool. Uh, I did play an hour or two of Inscription. It's fucking weird. I don't know if I can keep going. Uh, it's about to get weirder like for you because I'm about games. to drop the whole story on you. I know. You might be able to push me to play it more. That's what I'm about to find out. Wait, so can you not play that. it because it's weird or because like it's just like, is it weird and it's creepy and you don't like it? Or is it just like, it's too weird. I don't have time for this. No, it's uh, I'm not very good with card games, and I got kind of a little bit frustrated here and there. And then on top of that, I got stuck on some puzzles, which I know you can just kind of, if you have more time, you can enjoy it and uh, get through. But I was kind of kind of rushing myself because we're getting close to the end of the year, and I got Guardians and that I wanted to play, and it's just it got to a certain point. I was like, I don't, I'll probably come back to it later if someone convinces me to play it more with some crazy shit like the same thing I had with Outer uh, Wilds. Yeah, uh, someone <clears throat> convinced me to play it more. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, well, let's, uh, so we're going to get into our top 10. Let's do it. Game of the year, buddy. It's game of the year time, sons, and ladies, sisters, oh. brothers, daughters. So let's take a look at these top 10s, and uh, I know Christian wants to go first, but we're going to have to see if it's in the cards, because what's going to happen is yes. we're each going to have two numbers. And I'm just going to do a random number picker to see who goes first. So, Preston, you are number one and number four. 
Christian, you are number two and number five. I am number three and number six. I have a random number picker. It is going to give us a number between one and six. And whoever's number it is, is going to go first. So I wrote it down. We're good. <laughs> I mean, I, I will remember. <laughs> it's fine. It's six numbers. So the number is two. Let's go. So Let's look go. at that. Christian does <laughs> get to go first. All right. He does. Here we are. Number one. Guilty wait, 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 I'm sorry. Which way are we going? Are we going I'm sorry, 10 number to one, one, I'm going down. Why no, would you, you know do this? Yeah. You go 10 to 1. All right, all right, we'll go 10 to 1. We'll go 10 and to you 1. And you just, you literally just spoiled it. Everybody knew it was going to be Guilty Gear. I said it multiple times on the show. It's ah, not a fucking surprise. Ah, okay. Number oh, 10. Oh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Hmm. I gave this one number 10 because I think that it's a very good game. I think it's uh, the 10th best game of this year. Uh, I I think that it's I I really enjoyed everything about it. I thought the story was really well done, and it just it was a very safe game for me this year. They did they did not do anything too drastically different from previous Ratchet and Clank titles. Um, I think that's a great way to put it. Safe is a really good way to put it. It performance, is meticulously look, yeah. built. It is solidly crafted. It's, I mean, Insomniac is doing Insomniac over here. Like it's, it's very, very good. For but next just, gen, it just yeah. showed off the next gen console. Yes. Like, but there's only, just nothing. Yeah. It just, it was very by the by the numbers. Ratchet and Clank game, Not still wrong, very yeah. good. Number nine. Can I? List. Go ahead. Can I, I mean, this might take away from my top 10, but I'm just going to be spoilery here and tell you, um, I too had Ratchet and Clank at number 10. Interesting. Well, yeah, you go. I just thought it was fun. I won't do that too much. I don't want to take yeah. away from mine. I just thought it was it was necessary there. Yeah. Uh, so number nine here, The Forgotten City. So okay. people okay. might remember that okay. I talked about this game. Uh, so uh, I have... Since went through and cleaned up the last couple side quests that I wanted to do, um, and saw some of the the character stories that I thought were interesting. Uh, so here's the thing about this game: it has one twist that works very well. Um, so, uh, and as a matter of fact, I will go ahead. And before I get too deep into it, uh, we are just going to do a little thing here. So everybody knows yeah. that the spoilers are about to start. They've been na- starting. Now. I know, but just that way the, the time thing can show, like, just sure. for this. Uh, or just for the Forgotten City, for people who Preston, Preston needs some, like, crazy alert on a soundboard that's like... You know what I want to do? Ah! Here it is. Spoiler. Spend a little extra time. I'm just going to go, spoilers, three minutes. Spoilers, three minutes, 30 seconds. I'm just going to come in really yeah. quick. Spoiler warnings for 10 minutes and 36 seconds, starting now. So, so the story for this is they do... You start out, and there's this woman named Karen that uh, meets, I swear to God, uh, and she's like, hey, you, like, wash up against this river, you, like, get up on a beach, and she's like, hey, um, you know, you're coming to now, you know, do you remember anything, is there anything 
that you like you just showed up on the side of this beach here like i had to pull you out of the water you were drowning and that is when you get to choose your background so your background is like i was an archaeologist and i the last thing i remember is i was in a cave looking at some ruins i don't know uh there's one that's like i don't remember shit i have no idea who the fuck i am um and the third was like you can be like a special forces thing you're like i don't i was a soldier i've got this gun i don't know the fuck beats the shit out of me does it change and, what you actually have like do you have yeah, a gun so one at that of them point does. so yeah so so the guy who says i don't know who the hell i am you get an extra 25 percent defense and you can sprint for longer i don't know how that works out uh the archaeologist lets you be able to see more and understand more uh ancient writing which will come in later here and then the soldier has a a gun with 10 bullets in it and that's it um for the whole game you'll have 10 bullets yes but so the other characters don't have anything but it it you know you'll see so it starts you're like okay and they're like hey there's this person named al that was here before you um, and he went to go look at these ruins up there. Can you go check on him? And then if you can get him to come back, now that you're awake, we can get on my boat and we get the fuck out of here. And you're like, okay, cool. So you do it. And you start seeing these notes from Al on the way up being like, you know, and he's uh, hung himself and he's completely encased in gold. Um, and there's a note left from him being like, do not come into these ruins looking for me. Like, this is my actual body. Like, I know it looks like a statue, but it's, it's this is me. I'm dead, if you're reading this. And turn away. Get the fuck out of here. This. So they're like this. Th- he's like, when you go inside these ruins, a portal will open up and teleport you to an ancient Roman city that's existed underground for bazillions of years, basically. He's like, but it's like stuck back in the old, like they don't understand that the world hasn't moved forward. And, but the city is controlled by this thing called the golden rule, which is if you do any crime to anybody, everybody dies in the city. Um, So like, for instance, if, if, you know, I came into Alex's house and took one of the books off his shelf all of a sudden, everybody's going to die. Now, how people die, they don't, people don't know. It looks like what happens is people just spontaneously turn to gold, basically, is what happens. Not the worst What you death. end up finding out is that there's these statues that will come to life and shoot you with these arrows that will turn you to gold. Um, and you and one other person in this city, when you eventually go in, have your memories each loop. But everybody else's memory is wiped. So every time you die, it kicks you back to the beginning of the loop. And you're like, fuck, okay, I've got to figure out how to save this city, basically. Because somebody's going to break the rule and it's going to keep resetting for everybody. And basically, this living hell keeps going on and on and on and on. So um, you go through it. And uh, as you start talking to more and more characters and things like that, there's... uh, uh, a puzzle, uh, you know, piece that gets put together basically, and you start to realize that you are in the afterlife, and you are. There was the, um, I'm I'm blanking on the name now, but the the group of people, the race of people that were here 
or like before uh, Egyptians. You, like they had like a mythology. Do you remember the name that I'm thinking of? They got like wiped out, but they were in like the Greece area. It starts with an M. The Minoans. Yes, the Minoans. Thank you. So, uh, so it starts. So it's like the Minoans were there. And then it goes to Egypt, and then Greece, and then Rome, and it's like all these different like cities were basically built on top of each other, because that's when their you know times came and went as far as civilizations were concerned, and it and it ties into the the mythological story of Hades and then his wife and the whole you know that whole thing. So, but it, so anyway, towards the end, what you find out, and this is the big twist that I think it does very well, is that you get there. And you finally find a way to unlock the door to the to to Hades, basically, like his his throne. And you find out you get in, and all of a sudden it's this super high-tech, like futuristic looking thing that's like overlooking the globe, basically. And he basically tells you like you know, my name is Hades or Pluto or Osiris or whatever the hell that you humans have called me throughout the years. But really I'm from an ancient race of people called Titans and I've ruled like we've, you know, we were here forever and, uh, I came here, found my wife and she's been here forever. Then she decided to want to be humans, this whole thing. And so, so he to, just drops some like ergos and vis a vis, and then sent the, yes, on basically, his way. <laughs> yes, yeah, basically. And then it talks to the thing, and it's like, oh fuck! And then the bomb drops. You're like, I wasn't talking to Karen in the beginning of the game. It was Karen, the fucking the boat, the ferryman, right? Like that whole and and in every mythological person in religion, it's always been there's you know. I'll put the gold in the mouth or over the eye, you know, whatever it is. I'll put the coin somewhere, and then that's your ticket across to go, you know. So it ties into that, and it's basically like, okay, whoa, cool. Like, that's right on. And your whole goal is to basically convince him one way or the other to end the golden rule of the city and then end it for once and forever so that people can go about their lives. And when you ask, too, it's really clever when you ask um him like okay i like you're like i'm i'm sorry i don't so the romans were the last people to have an afterlife like this like what and they're like and he goes like yep it's totally based off of like coins like the paying like the the special like death coins or whatever and since you guys don't do that shit anymore nothing happens like straight up just as like there's no after like you don't go anywhere. Like so, since you since you don't pay the ferryman, you just dis- you just go. Away. They don't they, they they don't say one way or the other what happens, yeah. but they make it very clear that you know, like the Romans were the last people, and you're like, okay, interesting. And then the game ends, and you end up you can do one of two ways. You can either convince him through a logic argument by basically convincing him that. They're like this golden rule is bullshit and you don't he doesn't actually abide by it. And you can do it by doing a lot of the side quests where there's people who like would convince people to pay a bunch of money and commit suicide because that doesn't technically break the golden rule. And 
because people be like, I just want to find a way out of the city. Like, do you know? And they're like, yeah, I have a way out. And then it's like, pay me $2,000. And they pay them. And they're like, great, thanks. Now drink some hemlock. And it's like, sick. Well, that's, I just, my whole life savings here, right? And not knowing that they're just going to relive that moment over and over again. But, right, so there's that. And you, there's like people who perform. The, the thing is, these statues, when they can become cased in gold, they're still alive. So they're just stuck watching this happen over and over and over again. So whether it's the Minoans, the Egyptians, whoever, like those people, they're just stuck there forever. Um, and there's a person who started to hear some of the whispers and started doing like really crazy experiments on them and was like ripping them apart and all this other crazy. And you're just like, you know, whoa, like that's a lot. But so you use these kind of side quests to sort of convince him like, if your golden rule actually meant anything, you would have stopped these people. Like, if you're this truly benevolent thing, like, you know, the fuck were you letting this shit go on for? And he was just like, you know what? Fair enough. You're right. Uh, I'll go fuck myself, and I'll end this <laughs> and send everybody back. And the whole thing is is that you and uh, Al and then everybody else in the city, basically, you guys get to go back to the world of the living. Now, the weird thing is is that when you come back... Uh, you would think the way that they do it is like, oh, and then all these people in Roman times or Greece or whoever, they'll go back to their own times. Like, no, they get thrown in a modern day. And so you say to all these people, and like none of them, they're like, yeah, this is a little weird seeing this stuff, but like, meh, whatever. And you're just like, okay, like that's the shell shock would be so fucking crazy for you people, but right on. Like, um, so I, I have could, it number you- nine. You, you can't imagine, but the shell shock of the people that worshipped bulls like the Minoans and believed in the Minotaur and the Labyrinth, like, come here, all of a sudden we have cars and airplanes and moving yeah. video and technology, their their minds would be blown. Uh-huh, exactly. So that, that'll end the spoilers here. So I, um, I think the reason that I have it here at number nine is because I think that it's a very is a very unique and cool idea that I think is just a little too one note. Like they went for this one big reveal and sort of sacrificed a lot of, I think interesting things they could have done along the way. That being said, it's made by a really small team. And if their goal was to get people to be on the lookout for what their next project is, I am at least interested because I think this was, it was a clever twist that I did not see coming. Um, so I was like, nice, cool, that's that's good. So I, I appreciated that one. Um, so these next ones, I don't, you know, there won't be any spoilers here, so I can I can talk about them pretty pretty quickly. Sure. Uh, number eight is going to be Death's Door. Uh, there you go. It is, I think, a really refreshing take on the Souls formula that I am extremely burnt out on already. Like, and not against Death Door, but I just mean I was happy playing that game and not feeling that same level of just like, like burnt outness that I, that I have with a lot of souls games right now. Um, because I just played so many of them and it's just, I'm sorry. Like, do you feel it's because of like the, the art style and the way it's done outside of being, a Souls game, like the way it is, and yeah, so that's what a crow so, with a sword with a very cool like art aesthetic, like it's that yeah. Me, so right? I think it's two things. It's 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 how it plays, 
and and its art design and or just its design in general. I think it lends itself to 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 look and be really fresh. Um, but also its story and the way that it like it actually has one. Uh, not to say that Souls games don't, because they do. It's very deep story that goes on for fucking ever. But it's all told through item descriptions or, you know, and, and it has to get pieced together. And then, you know, people make whole fucking social media careers off of piecing together Souls stories. Like, Death Door at least is just like, you know, A, B, C, D. Like, it's nice. Like, they just tell you. And it's and it's very well written, and I think it was cool. Um, I liked it a lot. And it, and it handles, it basically, you know, goes... Uh, and again, I'm, but it, it just it follows a particular character dealing with like a a weighty decision kind of thing that caused him to sort of affect the world around him. It's very good. I liked it a lot. Um, number seven on my list: Scarlet Nexus. Ooh, I was so, interested to see where that was going to fall on your list. It, it it for a long time it was a lot higher, um, but other games obviously came out and it just you know it, it, as time went by I need to go. It was very. Let's not say you know, like it's not a, you know when we talk about our list like these are the top ten games that we've played this year like, you know what I mean like it's not being number seven is not like a, a diss or anything on on these on these games but, um, Scarlet Nexus is great. Uh, it is a JRPG s JRPG that has really fun action combat that is refreshing to see in that genre. Um, the story is really cleverly done, so it's told, and I've you know we've talked about this before, but it's told from the the perspective of two two characters, and the full story comes when you play through the game as one. And then start over and play through the game as the second one, um, and I think it does that really well. Where it, when you start the second one, it basically starts you as the, at the same level with all the skill points that you had before, and you can keep going from that point. Um, so you don't feel underpowered at all, or having to start from square one. If you just are like fucking dunking on enemies from second one, you're like, that's right, like yeah. So it's it's really really good. Um, I think the story is super well written and it's super unique. The thing that I want to call out here is the music in that game is so good. And it, it immediately gives me persona vibes um, a lot of the time. Uh, I think that the reason that it, it, it's sitting here at number seven is that it is... from a gameplay perspective or just from a mechanics perspective once you've unlocked the moves that you want to unlock it does not grow from there like once i had my five or six combos that i was like this is it this is what i'm doing um i you don't i there was, i did not see i unlocked them because i I had points and I needed to spend them, but I never actually, like, I would experiment with them and go, like, does this, is there anything cool here? No? Great. And then I would keep going. Like, you, once you find your groove in that game, that's going to be that game for you for the next 50 hours. Um, and, you know, that that part of it can get a little stale, for sure, as you're as you're going through. And it's to its benefit that 
its story is so wacky and out of this world that you're like, well, now I'm less concerned about what I'm doing in in the game, and I'm just now using this as a vehicle to get through this crazy-ass story that I want to see the end of. Um, but it, all in all, it's still a great game. Very, very good. Uh, so number six, um, this is where it got a lot, this, this is where it got dicey for me, because it was hard, like, I, you know, I could see, maybe, basically six, five, four, and three were all, it, it's, it's tough. Um, so number six for me is Psychonauts 2. Okay. Um, Recent one. Yes, yeah. Uh, this game's great. Uh, it, you know, I, I I talked about it a lot when it came out, so I'll just I'll go over these same points. But Psychonauts Two is such an amazing 3D platformer because it allows you to it it somehow fixes a lot of problems with the first game and just with the genre in general, um, while still feeling like it is authentic to Psychonauts. Like, if you've played the first game, you'll feel immediately at home and it will fit what your memory was of that game, even though it's much, much improved. Like, how, how would you say a person that's never played the first game would feel... Um, the reason I ask, oddly enough, is because Allie just texted me the other day from her office, and I was in mine, just said, I want to buy Psychonauts 2. And I was so like, then, hey, Christian says it's great. Yeah, so what I would say to that is that it's it's going to be a slam dunk then. Because if you've, if you've played any sort of platformer, even recently, you will immediately feel better about a lot of the things that Psychonauts fixes about the genre. And because it... It knows that there's a huge gap in time from when the first game released till now, and there's so many other players that are probably going to be picking this up that wouldn't have seen the first game, right? Yeah, and not um, going to go back and play that first one either. So Right, so then it's like they do a very good job of catching people up and being like, here's a story, here are the characters, and here's what happened, uh, and bam, here you go. And you're right, you're right into the game. So it's really, really good, and uh, honestly... Uh, there's, I, I don't really have anything negative to, to even sort of nitpick out of. It's just, it's just good game, really really good, and it was this is just up against tough competition. That I, I what I, for the rest of these, what really happened for me was was how did this story hit for me? And Psychonauts two story is really really good. It's just uh, you know some of these other games sort of affected me just a little bit more, but uh, I think that. Especially, you know, in this day and age where people are being a lot more open and honest about trying to make mental health be like a real part of a conversation. This was a huge year for that, I think. And Psychonauts 2 crushes it. It, it does such a good job of of acknowledging sort of what could be considered broken parts of people's brains and then what you know, trying to be more open about what what that means for a person, right? Like, so for instance, like when kids are growing up, right? Like, you know, they tell people like, oh, if your arm hurts, then you're going to go, we'll go get it figured out so that you can make your arm feel better, right? Like, but people don't say that same thing about, 
you know, your brain or like mental things. And so it's, it's, it's nice to see a game that, that is able to handle it in a whimsical and lighthearted way while also being, not being like, you know, shitty about it at the same time. Um, that was good. Uh, number five, Resident Evil 8. There you go. Um, this game, in a lot of ways, for, I mean, for the longest time, it was my number three, I think, behind Monster Hunter Rise for a while. Um, it, for a lot of reasons, but so... There was a time, you know, and I'm not, you know, we won't get too deep into it, but there was a time where I was, when, when, when I, it, we were deep in the pandemic, right? It was saying that none of us had seen each other in a long, long time. And even online, like, there wasn't a lot of stuff for us to play online. And so we would hop on and sort of chat and play, like, other games while we were all talking. But it, we hadn't played anything together in a really long time. And this game just hit at a perfect time to make it so that we all sat around and was like, okay, I'm going to stream this game. You guys are going to watch it and we're going to play through it together. Like we're going to go through and experience Cause you guys yeah. don't like spooky games. You don't like spooky stories. Yeah, I, we can look the other direction if you don't want it. Yeah. We can, we can look at some iPad or a phone if you want to, if you just want to zone out while you do it. Or we can just scream. Like yeah. we did, yeah, yeah. literally yeah. on the microphone. Yes, at all three. Yeah, and it, but it was this. It was this. Just such a fun thing to do, and you know, some people might argue that that is more the experience than the game. But I would. My argument to be is that there is no other game like Resident Evil that lends itself to that than than this one does. Yeah. Um, and I think that's uniquely something about that game because I wouldn't be able to do this with Resident Evil 3 Remake, right? Like that one is not something that it's not, I mean, it's, it's more action, it's not spooky, but you know, it, it doesn't have that same sense. And I think that the way they told this story and especially trying to sort of close out the Ethan chapter of Resident Evil 8, or just Resident Evil Universe in general, um, it was a big, it was a big thing, right? It was this, you know, all these different story beats coming from all these different games and connecting through. Um, it's you phenomenal. Know, as, as somebody that, you know, since Press and I watched that game, I think we can even give feedback too. I really enjoyed the environment. So, like, yes, I could have watched Seven with you right where you're stuck in the house mm -hmm. and that was probably fun and cool in its own right i mean you turned me off on that because you threw a vr headset on me and told me to yes. run around and that was an awful experience but it was you know you're stuck in a house or like it's a bayou or wherever just kind of rednecky place and that's yeah. fine but like this one did some cool stuff by incorporating like you tapped into a lot of things that i appreciate which is like the this old Victorian medieval Victorian and it's not, it's like modern day, but like you just have that aesthetic going around. And yeah. then like some of the great things you did with the bad guys, like uh, I'm trying to think the one you fight in the water area, whose name I can't remember. Spoiler warnings for six minutes and 43 seconds starting now. Um, 
but he was the fish man. Yeah, well, that's true. We're doing spoilers, right? The guy he just he turned into a huge fish, and yep. that was such a. You see him wearing a trench coat, and you know he's a little deformed and weird. But then when he gets into his element, he grows larger, and the way they handled that entire environment being a lake that you then drain and you have this like area to run around and you're using the buildings to run away from him and, and hide and fight. Like so much of that was so well done incorporating this fantasy into the Victorian. Um, I thought was great. I hated the dollhouse, it, but so, in such, in such a fun way. Like, so that's, uh, that's what I was going to get. Yeah, so to, yeah. to build off your point, cause since we're in the spoilers thing, to build off your point about the, the, the environment stuff, um, they have a a way of making all the environments make sense. So, like, the map is this giant map. And when I'm in Castle Demistry with Lady D, right, and I'm like, oh, please step on me. No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but when you're up in the top parts of the tower, you can see out to other parts of the map, right? And they actually make sense distance-wise. And there's multiple times where you're in the rest of the map and you can see the castle off in the distance and you're like, fuck, I was over there just a few hours ago, right? And it, but it, it, it makes the distance make sense in your head. And it's, it's, so, well, it's so well designed. Um, and to, to, to the dollhouse portion, when you see this like crazy, murky, foggy forest and then you get in there and you're like, oh, shit. And then, so your weapons stop working like they, you know, there's no firing, there's no anything, and you're knocked out, and all your weapons are taken from you. And I'm like, fuck. Like this is the whole point about Resident Evil, and the reason that Resident Evil is able to get away with having these like grotesque, huge, crazy ass monsters and all these things is that at the end of the day, and Alex, I think you've talked about this with with horror games in general, is you don't like not being able to fight back or not having power, right? You feel powerless, there is a, yeah. There's, there's definitely points in Resident Evil where you feel powerless or there's a thriller thing, but there are all also points where they give you a fucking flamethrower and you're, they're like, and you're like, all right, like everybody or, can catch or a mech Or a mech suit. Yeah. Or a mech suit, yeah. right? Sure. Yeah, like, it, and then you're like, all right, yeah, people can catch these hands, right? Like, I'm, I'm good, I'm super powerful, right? But in, in that moment, you have nothing. And you're going around, and there's these little dolls that are, like, chirping at you and talking. And you're like, oh, God, this is weird. And then you end up finding out you're in this, uh, the, the basement area, which is, like, where this person was, like, experimenting on people and things like that. And this fucking... And it's in, it's in the dark. You have to run from point to point and turn on lights, but you can only have one light on at a time. Like Yep. And because you're, it's a generator thing because you're trying to get enough power to power the elevator to get the fuck out of the building. And you get to this point, and it's this giant fucking monstrosity of a baby that is like making these weird baby noises, like, you know, trying to like get, like coming after you and these things. And it's supposed to be your child. Um, and it's like coming after you, but it's like jaws all fucked up and like wide open. And there's, it's blood is everywhere and there's pieces that are missing. And it's like crawling after you and it's like dragging this like giant umbilical cord behind it. And it's too much. It is, it, it is. <laughs> and all you can, all you can do is, dude, when you, there were a couple times when you could hide in a closet and look out. Or you could hide under the bed, and that's all you could do. Just the... I was waiting for the moment 
it would like crawl past the bed and then like throw its head down and look at you. Like it was the most anxious. And, and if it I've saw been. you, it would pull you out, right? It would kill you Ugh. instantly. Like it would rip open doors. It would look for you. Like it, it's it's fucked. Like it is so bad. And you get out of it, and it's this sense of relief. Like I remember we, when we were playing it, we got through that section, and when we got through it. Because we were talking, like, when I got in there, I was like, oh, I'll save here in a second, and then we'll, you know, we'll hop off. And then it was like, well, we're not, we can't get off until this finishes. Because I'm not saving here and leaving, because I, we can't let it end like that. And we ended up going, like, an hour longer than what we were thinking, because we just, all of us wanted to get out of that fucking house, right? Like, it was so... That was, we, literally, when that baby... So you're walking down the hallway, the lights are off, you have the lights on in one area, and you're making your way to the next one to turn on the lights and the way they introduce that baby is a jump scare with it popping around a corner like you can hear the baby sounds but you don't know where it's at yeah. and, and the moment we were walking comes out of the side yeah the moment that happened that was the moment we all three like screamed like girls screamed. like children like like, like yeah, yeah. Like, ah! it was um, oh and scary. It, it was it, it was just that game down to its design the way that its mechanics were handled everything it was. I thought it was perfect. Like it just. I couldn't have asked for a better experience from a horror game, um, and I think that it. The story. It was. It was great. I, I loved every second of it. There's. There's and, nothing. And, and props to that team and Capcom, right, for leaning. Shout in, out to Capcom. Leaning into the Lady D stuff and making millions on millions of dollars and, and of right, the they, they get all thirst. these people in because lady d is you know she it, it's playing off people being like oh my god she's a super huge woman and it's attractive and da, 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 da. and i told you guys from second one when we were talking about this before i was like dude i'm telling you she's gonna turn into a bioweapon a hundred percent they are gonna and, turn her into a bioweapon and it's the first one too so it's just like okay so you've seen her now that we have that out of the way let's get into the real game right? yeah and, and she turns into this giant dragon monstrosity yeah. <laughs> and she's like knocking over towers of the castle and chasing after you and you're just sitting there with a shotgun just shooting at like a crazy person it is it's great and and with that i think i can safely end the end the spoilers on resident evil but i will close it out by saying i think um that game is just i i cannot wait to see what that team has in store for the franchise next because it's clear that they they know what people want now and what they like. And I think, you know, everybody, there was people that were worried that RE7 was a fluke. And I think RE8 proved that it wasn't, right? Like, it's it's proven that they, like, Resident Evil is back as far as survival horror is concerned. It's, it's found its way again. That company has been listening to its audience and just been popping out bangers. Like, they... Yeah. they yeah. They, I mean, they're uh, beyond Final Fantasy. They're one of the most in touch studios out there making games right yeah, now. Absolutely. Uh, so number four here is Chicory. There you go. Hi-yo. So Chicory was a game that I did not expect to like as nearly as much as I did. Now, not in a negative way. Like it's just it looked like a a, a traditional sort of uh, indie game that was sort of uh, rehashing the old top-down Legend of Zelda style game. Um, 
and that's not to be reductive. It's just we've seen so many of those that that's what it seemed like it was like, right? And then uh, they introduce this mechanic where they basically say, so, um, and I'll actually we'll do this here, but uh, they... Spoiler warnings for four minutes and 55 seconds starting now. Introduce a thing in the, in, in the game where... Uh, the, the world is filled with color and, and when you when you first start the game and it it's all looks you know super like hand painted and, and watercolor it looks great it looks really really pretty and then all of a sudden um, you all the color gets ripped away uh, it all gets sucked out basically and everything goes back to being black and white um, and you uh, the main character, Chicory, or, well, not Chicory, but you are working for the main character, Chicory, uh, or you are the main character, you are working for a character named Chicory, I should say, sorry. And uh, Chicory was the artist, quote-unquote, of the world. So every few years, basically, a sort of a changing of the guard will happen where a new artist will come and sort of paint the world in their image. They'll go through and maintain colors and maintain the world basically and they're basically like the just the world's artists they just go through and they make sure that everything is kept up the way that it, it's supposed to be but also sort of make things in their own their own image um and you are her janitor when you start and you see her have what you end up finding out uh in the beginning of the game chicory is having a panic attack um, and it is this huge anxiety roller coaster that she goes on in front of you and ends up lashing out at you while you're trying to, to help. Um, and that's why more and more as, as she's having sort of this, this episode, uh, the colors get ripped away and ripped away, and ripped away to the point where they're just poof, gone. It's all gone. And she basically then tries to say, like, oh, I don't know what's happening, and I don't know, you know, what's going on. I think I have an idea, but it's not, you know, I don't know. Um, but, hey, like, I'm going to go figure this out, but, like, while I'm gone, do you just want to take this brush and, you know, help me out and start painting things for me? And you, it's something that you've always dreamed that would happen to you, but you didn't know that it would actually happen, so you get it. And you go through and then, you know, people will start coming up to you and they're like, why do you have Chicory's brush? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, well, I'm helping her out. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm going to go through and I'm going to paint things. And like, well, who the fuck are you to get this? Like, do you even, do you draw? Like, are you an artist? Do you even have any sort of idea of what sort of colors are supposed to go where or what looks right or, you know, anything? And you start experiencing a lot of, self-doubt and stuff like that and it goes through and tells what I ends up being in my opinion an extremely beautiful story about mental health and how people work through self-doubt and anxiety and depression and imposter syndrome it's like so heavy on especially the imposter syndrome part um, and so if you've ever had any of those kind of feelings, chances are I will tell you there is a character in this game that will say something 
that you've said to yourself in your head before that you were pretty sure no one else has said before because that's how mental health works sometimes. It makes you feel like you're just completely alone. And there's these moments where these characters will say something and you'll look at it and be like, holy shit, like somebody just read me like a book. Like that's, it's, it's really, really good. Um, and honestly, I think if, yeah, I'll say that's, that's probably it for spoiler talk. So I'll, I'll mark that. But, um, so the rest of the game though, mechanically is, I personally, I think that it is an older Legend of Zelda style game, just done better. Like the, the puzzles are so clever and so well done but they also don't do the same thing. Now, you know, for what it's worth, this game has come out almost like 40 years after original Legend of Zelda, right? So it's, it's been a bit. So like, but so obviously there's, you know, some benefits of just design and, and things that have progressed. But they have made it so that if you want to go through and just slam your head against these puzzles and sort of figure them out, you can, but also there are these ways that you can in game get whatever level of hint you are feeling at the time. Talk to dad or mom. Yeah, man. And it, and you can sort of get hints that way. And I think it's really clever because it stops somebody who is, if you were not wanting to look up a guide and just get the answer immediately, you can, or even if you're a younger person, you don't really understand the concept of going online and looking exactly like, you know, what you're wanting and you just are just playing the game. You have the option to call your mom from a payphone and she will give you a roundabout hint. So she'll say like, uh, I see what you're doing. Um, you know, are you, you catch her up and she goes, well, maybe you should try looking in this area. Like maybe you've missed something in this area. Maybe you should retrace your steps over here. And you go, oh, okay, so at least I know I'm where I need to be looking. And you can go and double check. And then if for whatever reason you keep going and you're like, fuck this, I can't figure it out, I don't get it, you call again and you tell your mom, like, hey, I want to talk to dad. Like, and, and she'll even tell you, she'll be like, hey, your dad's over here if you want to talk to him because he, he really likes to get specific on these kind of things. And that's supposed to be your hint, right, is to like, hey, if you really want a bigger thing, talk to your dad. So you need to call your dad and your dad's like, A, B, C, D, this is what you need to do, kid. And you're like, thanks, Dad. You know, da, da, da. you do it, and you get the exact answer you're looking for, and you go, and you can move through. And it's it. It is, in a lot of ways, the game is just. It is my perfect thing of when a game keeps its scope very, very small, and just iterates on it to perfection, so that there's. You once you get in and you've seen what the game is going to do, it's going to surprise you when you think like, oh, okay, I'm about to go to this temple and do this same thing, and then it's like, because we're keeping the scope so small, we're able to flip a lot of the script on you a lot of the times and introduce new mechanics and ways for you to interact with the world that you weren't prepared to interact with yet. Um, it's very, very good. All right. Number three on this list, Monster Hunter Rise. Now, this game had its time with us before we had this podcast, so we never got to gush about it as much as we did some of these other multiplayer games and things like that. Um, I won't, 
I, you know, there's nothing really to spoil here because, you know, for anybody no. who knows Monster Hunter, it's just a game <laughs> that you hop on with your friends and you play and you go and you hunt some monsters and you basically play a fashion game where you just make the coolest looking armor set and weapon that you think you can and then all of you and your friends go hang out and use them and, and that's it really is, about it. It is literally kill monster, get gear that Repeat. is better, kill bigger monster to build better monster. gear and then hunt more monsters to get even better gear until yeah. you get what you want and then you just look dope as hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um but from a mechanics perspective the reason that this was number 3 is because I think this is one of the best designed games that I've probably ever played. So number 1 it runs solid on a Nintendo Switch which which is the console it was made for. Which is what the console Online. was made for. And, and online, and I will say, it runs so smooth that I, and and, and it looks so good, it, I, I will say it is the best looking Switch game, and it also, it runs better than all all of Nintendo's first party games. I would 100% oh, yeah. agree. Like, oh, yeah. it is, it is, I'm almost positive that Capcom performed Black Magic and sacrificed certain humans on this earth to get it to run the way that it does because it shouldn't because there are so many games on that console that run like fucking garbage it's it's the first i i remember talking to both of you about this right like on back in the day before when this game got announced before it came out my biggest concern is how is it gonna feel playing a monster hunter game on a nintendo switch and it feels like you're playing a monster hunter game on a playstation 5 in your hand Yep, like it feels so good. Or a really nice um, looking Vita game, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it it just, you know, everything from top down, just the the monsters that they chose to include, even the weird dick one, and everything. <laughs> but it it was so much fun to play as friends, and and but we. I the reason that I think I know that that it's it's the best Monster Hunter game too is that this is the first Monster Hunter game and the first, like, multiplayer game that I've ever seen Preston get to the end game in. Okay. Yeah. Like, Preston is straight up at the... Like, there is nothing... Like, your boy has done all the star quests. Like, we've... We're... He's just waiting for the expansion. Like... I got got a lot of world in as well, to be fair. You did. did You did. finish the actual story. Yeah. But you... So, but you didn't come back for Iceborne. You didn't do anything. Like, you were... But that's what I'm saying is that as, as far as Rise is concerned, there was not a stone that any of us left unturned in that game. Oh, yeah. We went deep, for sure. And I like the I liked the variety, too, because World at times felt... Uh, I love the monsters in World, but you felt essentially that you had dinosaurs or dragons. Yeah. And this one actually variated up. You had the spider, you had the bird, yeah. you had the weird dick thing whatever that was you had the <laughs> monkey thing like there's the so monkey many, like yeah. yeah like they just so many stuff that they did and, and and from a mechanics perspective it's such a good fresh take on monster hunter like with the wire bug moves and making every weapon feel fun and mobile Doggos. and fast yes dude like it's it's just uh, you know i can't sing enough praises about the game if, if you're into multiplayer games at all and you have some friends that are looking for a game to play Dude, Monster Hunter Rise is where it's at, especially now that it's coming to PC too. You don't have an excuse. Pick the game up, 
and play it because it's it's fucking phenomenal. Okay, now Agreed. this is where it gets serious. Top two, son. I mean, I, I, we gotta hurry just, up. Just a tip. Just a tip. So, inscription. So here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark this here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Spoiler warnings for 18 minutes and 30 seconds. And. I, I gotta go. So this game is gonna be all spoilers because the the whole point of this game is the story. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this. Mm. This game is the most insane game that I've ever played. <laughs> I, when weird. it finished, I literally my mouth was wide open, jaw like even Alexa o- over my shoulder saw it, and she goes, "I'm sorry, what the fuck just happened?" Like, <laughs> whenever and that's like, you know. You guys know, but like Alexa is not very into video games. Like, there's very few things that ever grab her attention in, in this space. So it is a mark of a truly unique ass video game when it can get her attention. And Inscription was the one that that has done that recently. So uh, the game starts, and it's basically f- to 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 draw a comparison point for the from the mechanics. It's Gwent. It's essentially just Gwent. It's very much. Uh, taking that sort of car and, and magic and, and things like that. It's actually very close to magic too. Um, so the game starts and you just start in this fucking cabin and there's this weird eldritch being that is like, it's, it's fucking eyes go like all orange and crazy. And it's like, and it's talking to you and it's saying like, you don't know who it is. It seems like it might be Satan. Sometimes you're like, what the fuck is going on? And, you you play a match with him, and he ends up ki- like you. It, whenever you end up losing, I don't even know if it's possible to get through on the first time. You might. I actually don't know. But you get through. You start to play, and there's a moment where you, the first time you lose, he basically is like, "Well, that's tough." Um, <laughs> Them's the but, breaks. You got to die. Yeah. So he basically <laughs> says like, uh, "Follow me into this room here," and, and he, he shoves you in, and then he he basically says like, "Look, so here's don't be scared. Like you know it's." It happens to everybody that comes through here, but basically, uh, you need to take a card from your hand and pick pick the power level that you want. And you're like, that seems weird, but okay. So you pick one. He goes, okay, now pick its pick its ability. And you go, okay. Then you go, and then he sits there and goes, all right, now smile, and then takes a photo of you, and it basically kills you. And your photo ends up basically imprisoning your soul on this card that you just built, and then you type your name, and it's your death card. Now, that is just like the beginning of the iceberg of the fuckery that happens. So then as you start going through, so you will find as it, it, it sort of presents itself as a roguelike in this, in this first situation where you die, you restart, and you keep going. Um, and as you keep going, there are more parts of the world that start to sort of break a little bit. So what will happen is like you'll be walking and... Uh, you'll get a card pack, and then all of a sudden, one of the cards talks to you, and it's called this. It's a stoat, which is an animal, but it, it talks to you and says like, "Hey, do not let that motherfucker know that you can hear me." And then he's like, "Are you talking to one of your cards?" And he's like, "Shut the fuck up! Like, don't say anything." And he's like, "Look, if you want to get out of here, like, you need to find other cards like me, and I know where he's keeping one of them. You need to go look at." this thing like this little thing on the wall now this is where so some of the puzzles that preston were talking about come in where there's there's puzzles that you solve in the overworld that can be 
anything from like math puzzles to like uh so the way like when the game works is like when you're doing damage to another player it will try to have you like one of the puzzles to unlock something is it'll tell you like hey you need to do five damage to the other side and then here's the cards that you'll be facing against and you have to try to rearrange them to make it so that in one attack you will do five damage and then the puzzle like the the doors will swing open and you can get sometimes it's a card sometimes it's an item like when i was talking about this game before like a fucking knife sometimes and then all of a sudden the knife lets you fucking cut out your eye and set it on the damage side of the enemy the guy that you're playing against and he will it basically does four damage out of five to like end the match and then so all you have to do is like one more damage and then it ends then he's like hey i feel bad for you You, you're not gonna be able to play this with one eye opens it up, choose an eye, and then you look at an eye, and there's this one that has these fucking runes and weird sigils and shit on it. You put that in. Now, all of a sudden, there's messages all over this fucking cabin that are like, come over here, look at this, check this, like, do the... And you're like, what the... F-? And so you go and solve all these things, and then you can some... You know, you can get an extra life, essentially, so that... So the the lives... Your lives are shown by a candle, uh, and every time that you lose... A candle goes out, and then if all th- it, it, you can get up to three, and if all three of your candles goes out, you lose, and you have to restart the loop over. And this whole first section of the game is played like as a, it's like a fucking D and D campaign where this fucking crazy asshole's on the other side of this table, and he's like portraying all of the boss characters. So like the first one's a miner, so he puts like a little mining mask on, and he's like yeehaw, like talking to you like weirdo, like I'm gonna skin you alive, like that kind of shit. And then there's like a fisherman, and like all these other. So you get through that and you end up wrestling the camera away from him at the very end after your help with these three cards that end up talking to you. You wrestle the camera from him and you take his picture and you kill him. Now, what happens then is the game then cuts to a like an old style like handy cam like sony like menu basically and there's live action video sitting there so you leave you leave the game environment and you're watching live action okay and it is then the guy a guy and it's basically like a card youtuber who's like hey what's up card gamers like and he's like recording episodes of his youtube show basically and he's like opening packs from these cards that you were just playing and he's like so we're opening up the new inscription pack you know i hope everybody's excited as i am like this game has been insane you know da 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 and you start playing through and a bunch of the so some of the files are they, they they're never more than two minutes long but he's like going through and he's like opening things up and then all of a sudden um and it, it's like true to life like if you ever looked at like card youtubers like he is just fucking hamming it up like these people and then there's like a bunch of like uh corrupted video files too that like you'll hear like crazy ass noises sometimes or like it's like somebody screaming really fast like what the fuck but then it cuts through and then finally at the end of this he looks and goes um this is weird this card has coordinates on it hmm i don't 
that's interesting. And then he's like, okay, well, this got sent to me by a fan. So, like, I don't know, man. Hilarious, I guess, if you really were just trying to get me to waste time on air. But, you know, whatever. He ends up going to this location. The next, the final video is him in this location. He's, like, digging something up. And is that you? No, it's a floppy okay. disk that says inscription on it. And he's like, this is odd. Like, And so he goes home, turns it on, and it's the boot screen of the game that you just played. Now, I told you guys when we played this game originally that new game is not an option when you start. Nope. Continue. It's just continue. Yep. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense. I've never played before, but whatever. So you continue, you go through. When you get through that last video, the credits go like, and they roll really fast, and then it kicks you back to a sc- the main screen, but then new game is lit up. And you go, well, that's interesting. So you click on it, and it's because new game literally means a new fucking video game shows up. <laughs> and it turns into a top-down, uh, sort of like Legend of zelda S, like that camera view. And all of a sudden, the cards that you were talking to were like, thank you for fucking ending his that cabin dwelling dumb piece of shit he <laughs> killed us all he put us in his little camera and then created his own version of the world and he's such a dickhead and i'm so happy we're out da, 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 da. and now all of a sudden you were just playing with one like style of deck basically and they introduce three more they introduce like a magic based deck a tech based deck like and it, it like the it, it just like like explodes like there's so many things going on and you get to choose basically in the beginning you're like okay what kind of deck do you want like do you want do you want to try to run as the deck that you were just playing as so the blood deck do you want to use magic do you want to use this tech do you want to use the the beast deck which is basically the dead deck so Alex you'll remember like the the ghouls and Gwen the, yeah it's like yeah, that yeah. so um, they were powerful you, too. Yes, they were. But so you could just choose, right? So I chose a magic deck. So I was like, that sounds cool. Like, it sounds completely different than what I was doing before. So, and these have like their own mechanics. So the magic deck is based off of a resource that you can get called crystals. So, like, you'll have like these crystal generating cards that will go throughout the match. And as you get more crystals, then obviously of a certain kind, then you can play different, you know, cards that will be a part of that. You then. So you get through that, and you're you're playing through, and basically the, the beginning thing that you get is like, okay, if you want to get out of here, you need to go defeat all four of us, basically. Like that's what they that's what they end this like. You need to defeat all four, sort of, the, of the cards that you were talking to, and the guy tells you it, it's the tech guy who was the stoat. So in the beginning, the little the first card that you talked to that seems like sort of like a punk bitch. You talk to him, and he's like, look, if you do this, we'll start the great rejoining. We'll be able to go back to, like, how everything was. You can get out of here, and, you know, everything will be good to go. So you do that. You play through. You go through all these different little areas. You fight these different people. You're using this new card deck. You're getting new cards. You're unlocking them. It's all crazy shit. And... The entire time you're going through this, you're just like, I cannot believe this motherfucker put a second game in his video game. Like, it's insane. So you do it, and then as you help 
the guy do the great rejoining, uh, sort of the same thing happens where credits roll, you get back to the fucking camera screen, and there's more videos to watch. Except this time, the guy has become completely unhinged. He's like, you guys, look, I, I, I've been seeing some weird shit on this fucking game. And he sort of describes his experience playing the first thing through Inscription. He was like, the game is so weird and it, it seems like it's made. And he was like, it has their logo on it, but there's no one talking about it. And like, I called the company and talked to them and they were like, no, we've never made anything like that. But if you do have some of our property, you need to send it to us right now. Like, we'll send you a box and da da da, da. And he was like, oh, oh okay. And then it sh- a, a fucking random woman shows up to his house and is like, hey, I work for whatever the game company's name is. She was like, you know, we sent you a box a while ago and we told you to send the game back to us if you have it. And like, we don't want this to get ugly. Like, we don't want to do legal things. But like, if you have our property, you have to give it to us. And he's like, I don't have it. I shipped it. If you guys don't have it, it's, it's your problem, not mine. And sort of slams the door in her face. And he goes, also, he, before he shuts the door, he goes, uh, you never told me that you guys were coming by. Like, and like, how did you get over my private gate, by the way? Like, how did you get in here? Like, because if we really want to talk about people breaking the law, like, you're basically trespassing right now. And she sort of just like smirks. And is like, Okay, well, if you uh, happen to find that game and uh, if you, you know, or misplaced it or whatever and you thought you shipped it out, but uh, we'd really like it back. And then he slams the door in her face and he looks over the camera like, can you guys believe this shit? And is like talking and he keeps going. He's like, look, I've been playing this game. It's fucking weird. I don't know, man. It, like, it, it's just, you know, crazy. Da, 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 da. So then the game evolves for a third time. And you are in now the Stoats, basically, his version of what happened with the, the cabin guy, uh, who's, his name is Leshy. But you now, he got to design the game. So it's, it's the Stoats. So he gets to design it, and he's his own little architect, and he makes this crazy high-tech world, and da da da, da. And the other guys basically tell you, like, look, you got to stop him. Like, yes... We were stuck in a game before and all these other things, but this is bullshit. Like, he can't just trap us. Like, it's not cool. You need to knock this shit off. So you you basically do the same thing where you go through. There's puzzles to solve. You're going through, and, and it's basically like uh, another sort of D&D-style campaign, um, but you have your options to sort of play with whatever decks still that were unlocked before, um and, and things like that and then you end up using like his new like mechanical style deck too and you go through and when you finally beat him um it turns into the most crazy thing of events where you basically at, at, when he finally finishes his thing it basically <clears throat> his whole plan or what you ended up doing was deleting the game world you're you're racing the game and because it's like there's always going to be this internal power struggle between these little fucking AIs that got created on here. And it's never going to end. So it, it, you end up deleting it and a deletion timer starts happening. 
and it's literally on the screen and it's like showing actual game files like being deleted and assets being deleted and you're like what the fuck so you're going through and playing these things and you end up fighting the one the boss fight that I want to talk about in particular is the magic guy who who like he's like the paragon of like the magic deck they end up be, it becomes a Yu-Gi-Oh fight where I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show but like you get his fucking like the Yu-Gi-Oh like battle arm thing and it's like got like the little five things for the cards and it's like a yeah. little battle armlet it comes out and the cards end up coming to life on the battle stage in front of you and then the hit points like the like they'll come up and it's like 8000 8000 and you have to like sit there and fight with them basically as the game is ending and uh so it goes through and you know when you end up beating him he's like uh, and and everybody that you play through as as you're fighting with the paragons, they shake your hand, being like, "Oh, it looks like it's my time. Like, you know, I'm next up on the deletion thing. So, like, hey, it's been a pleasure. You were a really great player to play with. You know, blah blah blah. Shake your hand. Poof, they're gone. Right. So the most of the game is gone by this point when you're doing when you're doing his fight. Like, shit in the environment is like getting deleted and getting ripped out. And he's like, "Nah, don't pay attention to it. We have to finish our game." And so then, like, finally, when you end up beating him. Uh, he's like crawling towards you basically being like, I, I just want to shake your hand. Like that's the last thing that I want to do. And he doesn't end up getting to do it. He just, you know, it just goes. And then a video pops up and the video is the guy being like, you guys, there have been people stalking. Like he was like, if this is the last video that you fucking see, like, just know I did not do anything to myself. They like, people have been following me everywhere that I've went. There has been, like, I, I, I've seen people, like, standing outside my house at night. Like, I don't – it's it, I've tried calling the cops. No one's answer. Like, I don't understand. And then someone starts banging on his door. And he's like, okay, I'm going to set the camera up here. He's like, I'm going to answer it. And he's like – and they, they're banging louder and louder and louder and louder. And he's like, I'm coming to the door. And he opens it. And it's the chick from earlier. She pulls a gun out, shoots him in his fucking head. And he drops dead immediately, and then she goes, comes in, and starts, like, rummaging through his apartment, and then, like, the fucking, the game ends, and when I say ends, I mean it closes the window and closes steam. Like, just the the fucking, (laughs) the whole thing shuts down, and you get kicked out to desktop. And you're just like, (laughs) like, I, 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 I couldn't even, and then, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll mark it here. Because that's the end of the of the spoiler territory, but yeah. So when I say that, like it's the craziest game that I've ever played, I, I truly do mean it. And when and when there was people saying like, "Hey, man, this is going to be people's opportunity to sort of re-experience the craziness of Doki Doki Literature Club," they weren't joking. Like it is. If you have any inkling to play this game, I said it back when I finished it on other episodes. If you have any inkling to play this game, go play this fucking game. Don't look anything up. Don't do anything else. Play it. It's fucking insane. And the way that... And it's just... It was Cheap, just too. Huh? Cheap. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. And I couldn't... I literally... When I started playing it, and I was dealing with the... What I'll do for spoiler reasons, I'll say the first iteration, right? 
I was playing through it and I was like, I had assumed that that's all there was. And so when I got to, when I got to that end, I was just like, huh, that was neat. But like, whatever. I, it was completely, when that second iteration pops up, I was like, oh shit. Okay. There's going to be something here. And as it keeps going and when it got to that final end thing, especially the boss fight that I described, I, I was full on head over heels for this thing. I have never had a game surprise me at literally every single interval. Like there is there's there is no way that you can hear about this game and then play it and then expect where well, I mean Preston you played 2 hours, right? Did you anything yeah. that I described would you have ever been able to call in your wildest dreams? Nope. Like Hell it no. it doesn't fuck no. It it plays itself so well it's it's great i it's a short game too it's not a very long one like the way you explain it seems longer than the game actually is it's about 15 hours <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah, what i spent it's, and a lot it's of still, that it's a very five five hours of that probably is me slamming my head against puzzles i didn't feel like giving up on true yeah um because some of them are difficult uh and so i'll go ahead i've talked about this game at length Preston and i have gushed about this game for literally almost a full year now you want to say it again yeah so i'm just gonna say it my number one game this year, Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, here's the thing. This game is, in a lot of ways, I think, the perfect encapsulation of what fighting games can and should be. Um, and, and what I think they'll have to be to continue to have a chance at surviving and thriving into the future. Um, mechanically, it is you know, hands down, one of the best fighting games that I've ever played. Uh, art, design-wise, I think that it's still... out, out And I, I think that, you know... I think it's the prettiest game I've ever seen this year, specifically. The art and just the way that the, the animations and the character models move and how they interact, it's beautiful. It's literally like walking art. It is... I am... Every single time I see a new character, anything about that game, even when Preston and I play in the Super, it is just fun to look at. There's just no part of Guilty Gear that's like, man, that looks lame. Like, it's just so well done. Um, I think more importantly, the way that it handles the competitive aspect of its game makes it so open and welcoming to new players that I think whether you're new to Guilty Gear or a fight and, and a fighting game veteran or new to both, it has something for you. It's tutorial mode is one of the deepest and most thoughtful modes I've ever seen in a fighting game where it's like, where, like, you know, where are you at right now? Do you, do you not even, is this your first fighting game, right? Like, are you trying to figure out like punch kick? Like, is that, is that where you're starting from? Do you need to know what neutral means? Do you need to know what, like, and it, and it explains it in such a way that's like, here's what it means, and then, and then it shows you, and then it goes, now copy it, and then it will go and have you learn that way. Um, and it goes all the way up to the most in-depth technical things where, you know, you play three hours of the fucking tutorial, and all of a sudden you're Roman canceling all over the place and doing crazy shit because it, it, it provides it in such a way that you learn it. And the thing that most most place or games don't do that I think it does well is that if you if you get in and you don't like the current button setup and you're like, meh, I don't really like this. It doesn't feel really feel well. 
and you remap it, a lot of the times when you go into tutorials, those tutorials are built with the default control scheme in mind. This will actually adapt to whatever button mappings that you've set up. So if, like for instance, like my fight stick is set up completely different because I think that there's a particular way that feels comfortable to me to play. And so then when I go into training mode and start learning new moves, it pulls up the buttons that I have, not what the default is. And that makes it way easier to learn something as opposed to trying to have to try to relearn it or rethink about what they're saying on the default thing as opposed to what you have. Um, like I said, Preston and I have talked about this game literally since the start of this podcast, and it, we'll probably talk about it for much, much longer. Um, I, I absolutely adore this game. It's the game that I spent the most time in this year. Uh, and honestly, I don't know if there will be anything that will keep, because we're just going to keep playing it. Like my couch gets here on Sunday and my first thing is like, I'm going to be hitting pressing up being like, bro, bro, let's get some sets in. <laughs> Cause I finally have a place to fucking sit. Like yeah. it's, I, I just can't wait. And I am, I, I, it, the game's great and that's it. And that, uh, that is my list. There that it is, is quite a list. Yeah, I did. I know most of it. I knew that Inscription was going to be the long one that I had spoilers for. Um, but I played a lot Nail of stories, games that I really just, I, I wanted to talk about and share, you know, and that, uh, but yeah, that is, that is it. That is Christian's top 10 this year. We actually have a couple in common I'm excited about. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, uh, Preston, do you want to go next? Uh, are we going to do numbers or are you just want me to go next? Oh, yeah. I just want to do numbers for the first one because Christian was so anti going oh. first. I was hoping yeah. to not let him go first. So it's fine. <laughs> And the universe told you you were wrong. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, if you want me to go next, I can. Um, Again, like we said, uh, a lot of ones in common. So I will go ahead and start from number 10. Um, This one not in common, uh, but I will give it to two. Um, Before I start off, I want to say that when I was making my top 10, I realized that I did not finish 10 games this year. Um, I was going through them, I think, like, what games did I finish this year? Those have obviously got to be the good ones. And I get to like seven and eight. I'm like, fuck, I didn't complete 10 games this year. I kind of dabbled a lot and kind of like, I touched this game. I touched that game. You are a dabbler. I am. I, I play a game for like a, a week or two and through Gamefly and all of a sudden another game comes out. I'm like, I would rather have play that one. Real quick. That, that's and, how and I know when a game truly affects you is when you finish. When it. he stays with I it. Get in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. When I get in. And then if he really gets me, you get the platinum. But yeah. Um, so I want to give a tie to 10 just because of the recent events. I will say I'll give both Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy because I played a little bit of it. I gained a whole bunch into it. The way I feel about combat, the way I see how it looks and how the story's getting me. Don't have a lot to go in with on it. Um, but again, with the other one on my number 10, which is Returnal, again, I feel Returnal is the opposite of that spectrum, which is I love, love the combat in Returnal. The story is kind of here and there. I guess the more you get into mm-hmm. it, the more you give that story. Um, but with Returnal, at least, um, A, it was a full-price game I, I did not care to pay for, so therefore I got through Gamefly and something else came up. Um, so therefore I sent it back. Um, I played it for a little bit. It looked great. It played great. Nothing about that game really wanted to kind of pull me through and get me going further with it. So I'm like, yeah, next game, 
send it off. It's fun. I love that company and what they do. And uh, House Mark is a fantastic gaming company. And if I can give them any shout outs anytime I can, I'll do it when I can, especially mm-hmm. when I can play the game. Uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy was above and beyond what I thought it could be after Avengers. Um, it goes very much like we talked about earlier. I mean, won't go into it too hard, but we talked about it today. Um, it just hit the right vibes. Uh, combat's kind of lacking, um, but it, it's hitting the right vibes for me. And I'm liking it a lot. So um, I have a feeling that the more I play it, the more it w- could go up my list. Uh, but as far as right now, it's just being at the bush right there next to the 10. So that's my, t- my two 10s. Um, let me get into number nine. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us here enjoy a good JRPG, but what if I told you you could turn that into a Muso? Persona 5 Strikers? I was wondering where this was going to fall for you. It's going to go low, but I'll give it to it because I finished it and I did enjoy it for the most part. Um, Persona 5 Strikers. So um, for those of you who don't know what Persona is, it's a JRPG. You, Of course, like most, you are playing some high school fucks, uh, doing some things mystically or trying to save the world of some shit. And then drama goes down. There's a lot of adult themes within it, including relationships. And you're kind of having fun with it. With this, it's more of a arena fighter. And honestly, Muso is only there in the amount of enemies they can give you. But I do feel it's more of an action game, more of on the lines of Devil May Cry. Um, if you listen to the older episodes we've done where I was talking about my playthroughs with it, um, it's definitely more action-oriented. you got to think about that. you got to think about your weaknesses. Um, it hits a lot of the vibes, a lot of the, uh, the feels you get from the persona games minus a lot of the companionship you're getting, because when you're leveling up your companionships or, um, uh, your links, your social links, it's between everyone. Um, so therefore it's not, you aren't personalizing your relationships a whole lot. Um, you're just kind of making sure everyone's happy. You're all kind of getting happy together, doing stuff. Um, and make sure you level all your characters before level everyone. It's my it's my uh, advice to anyone who cares to play this. It, uh, honestly, no one who has never played sorry, anyone who has never played a Persona game is not going to pick this game up. You have to be a Persona fan to enjoy this. That's true. It is seeing Christian's apartment right now, doing something somewhere, probably collecting dust. No, I, it's um, just oh, it's, it's it, it will collect us forever until you he tells you he'll give it back and you just say trade it in because it's four years old. Or okay, first of all, first of all, I like Persona way more than I like Assassin's Creed, so that's obviously I'm gonna get <laughs> no. It's literally I don't have a fucking couch. I don't have anywhere to sit and play these consoles. Yeah, I know. I understand that. It's fine. you know whose um, fault is that, Christian? That it's also mine. Yeah, yeah. As evidence on this podcast, <laughs> no. it's very clearly I broke that couch. So yeah. <laughs> But I did enjoy it a lot. Um, even when you get towards the end game, it feels very much like a Persona game. Um, it just kind of takes away the um, turn-based combat and brings it more into a very by-the-minute action-based combat, which makes it a lot harder. Again, something I discussed on the uh, the show. Um, but it's it's not as good as a Persona game. That was to be expected. Um I enjoyed it. I bitched about the ending plenty at this point. Um, but again, I did finish it and I did beat my head against that wall to finish that boss. Um, I love the new characters. Um, the AI one is not as lovable for me, 
Um, but uh, the uh, the counselor is the new addition, the big new addition, and I love that. Um, the reason why it's not number one on my list is because uh, they took away Takami-san from me, and uh, she's on vacation the entire game, so it <laughs> cannot be number one on my list. Number eight. Um, I'm going to give this the best driving game that came out this year. That is Forza Horizon 5. Uh, now, again, another game I haven't played all the way through, obviously, because there's a shit ton to do in that game. Um, but I did play a couple hours of it. Uh, I do like it a lot. Um, it's another Horizon game. It's very much like 4. Uh, it's just new settings, new location. And I'm sure there's a lot more that's new to it. I just haven't dived too deep into it. But it's beautiful. It plays fantastic on my Xbox One S. Um, and... I've had a lot of fun with it with a little bit I played of it and then Halo came out. So that, that's kind of the issue with that game is that Halo, like a lot of other games, or Halo, like it did to a lot of other games, was kind of fucking uh, eating everybody's cereal bowl that day mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of taking to town on everybody's mind share. Um, but I'm definitely going to go back into it. Um, Matt, if you do listen to this podcast, um, I will be back and playing with that with, the, that with you yeah, here and there. Um, I just, I'm a big fan of racing games. This is the only really big one that came out. I do have an honorable mention I want to put out there that I did not get to uh, this year that I do want to kind of get to, um, but I don't think it's going to anywhere match um, what a Forza Horizon 5 can do for me. Beautiful. It runs fantastic. Um, I wish I had a faster Xbox <laughs> so that way the loading times weren't so atrocious uh, because trust me, <clears throat> in that first intro scene, it has you dropping out of a plane with different cars in different locations to kind of get you a vibe for how the game feels in the different locations. It should it probably went a lot faster for the people on the new Xboxes, and I'm sitting there waiting a hot minute while this circle is just spinning in the bottom right corner. We're going to drop you. Okay, I'm waiting for it, buddy. I get, get a glass of water? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. cool. All right, let me get a glass of water real quick. Yeah, there we go. We're back into it. Now I'm out of the plane onto the ground. Um, <clears throat> but that's, that's, it's understandable at this point. I'm just, I'm, I'm biding my time of how long they can actually give all me all these games on the older Xbox, um, consoles. But again, yeah, I, I do love, uh, racing games. That's why it's on my list. It's a great racing game and the best I feel this year. Number seven, Metroid Dread. So, again, the game I haven't finished yet, um, but I did play a handful of. I, uh, I adore the 2D Metroid, um, at least for Fusion, was like the only actual Metroid I've ever finished. Um, this is giving me those vibes again, but also it gives me more of a faster pace, more of a get the hell out of here kind of feeling, like the same way I felt when uh, in Fusion you're going against like your whatever the counter Samus or the mm-hmm. dark Samus, whatever the hell I'm going to call it back then. Um, and Samus is so cool in this game, dude. And the thing is I'm doing with Samus sometimes, like the parries, the way I'm like sliding under a dude and shooting some things. It's, it's, it, it feels very fun. I feel the longer, the longer I can go into it, the, the further I go, I feel I will love this game just as much as fusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm putting that on my list because a, it's the only thing Nintendo gave to me that I enjoyed at all this year. Um, B, I do love the fusion and this is supposed to be essentially the sequel to fusion. Um, and that holds a place near and dear to my heart. And I did enjoy what I did play of it. Um, uh, the only thing I would say is when you're gonna play this game, give it its time. Do not play another game. Trying to watch a TV show for a week 
binge a TV show for a week and then go back to this game. When you play this game, continue to play this game in your free time. Uh, give it all the attention it needs uh, because you'll forget how to use certain mechanics. You'll forget where you're going. It's It can be very confusing. Um, game guides for Wiki helps me, um, but I think I might have to restart it next time I actually pop it back on. Um, so that's that. So that's Metroid Dread and my number seven. Number six. The game is not fully out yet, but it is the best feeling shooter I have had in probably damn near a decade. Uh, and that is good old Halo Infinite. Um, we've gushed about this for the past couple weeks, uh, so I'm not going to go too, too deep into it. And I cannot wait for the campaign to come out. And then I cannot wait for next year when the co-op version of the campaign comes out to play with my boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but the campaign is only going to make it better for me from what I'm hearing. Um, when someone like Jeff Gersman, who's never given a shit about fucking Halo for the past, Hated Halo, even. H- hated even. Well, I actually, hate him. Well, he's a good man. You can hate him as long as you want. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he is actually, he played like the, uh, I think they gave him like a little bit of a test beta for the single player campaign. And he is in love with it. Incredibly yeah. curious. Yeah, he loves it. And he's like, I love what they're doing with it. Everything like that. It just, that sold me completely. And it's only going to make this game better in my mind. And guess what? If we would have done game of the year two weeks from now until like close to New Year's, this game would probably go up higher on my scale. It'd probably be fighting for my number campaign. one. It'd, it'd be very yeah. close, I think. It'd be very close. Um, so, but yeah, it's, when it comes to multiplayer shooters, man, hasn't felt this good since. I've been loving every part about it. I'm watching the championships, the qualifiers while I'm working in the background. Um, and just loving what I'm seeing with this community, community can do with it. Now, does this game has problems? Yeah. Do they know how to fix it? Yeah. Cause they've already done with their previous games with master chief collection. They know how to fix their problems. It's called the challenges, fix them. And you've got a, the perfect game. Mm-hmm. That's all you gotta do. Your events and your challenges. That's all you gotta do is, is just go back to what you had and you got the perfect fucking shooter in my mind. Yep. Um, looks great. Plays great. Having a lot of fun with it. Every night I'm thinking, do I have time? to play some Halo tonight before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. No, I need to go to bed and read some comic books. No, I need to go to bed and do something like this. Because if I play it, I'm going to want to play it for like an hour or two. Well, the last time me and you, Christian, played, like it was like, do you got one more? Yeah, I got one more. I, did, we did like, I said about three or four times. Uh-huh, yeah, we had like six one mores, yeah. And I should have gone to bed about 45 minutes before that, but guess what? I was having such a good time. The matches are going good for me, too. And it's just, it's, it's a fun time. I got my samurai outfit. We're all gravy for in my book. So um, I'm curious to see what they do with challenges. I hope they kind of renovate them and kind of uh, change them up a bit and make them better for us. I don't think we're going to see anything on those until season two. Which they is did. They did they, change the but... daily stuff where like now your first match, you get 300. The second three, you get 200 and then 100. It's like it's they, that that brings the second large change they've done in under two weeks. Like they know people hate it. It's not going to be it's long until they just... It, yeah. It's not... It's Beta is no excuse. They know. So it's not going to be long until they just... <laughs> yeah, I, still, I agree. With no. But, but they it, have an idea of what they're actually going to launch with, and it's understandable. I was going to say, I, the reason I say Beta is not an excuse, because this doesn't affect the quality of gameplay. It's just an no. effed up measurement system. So yeah. I'm sure it won't be long. Maybe season two, and they probably go the back to what, transactions. what yeah, the other one has, yeah. what Master Chief has, but... Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Halo Infinite, one of the best games as far as shooters I've ever played in the past mm-hmm. 
decade. Um, number five, Chicory. Uh, this is the last game on my list that I did not beat. Um, I've gotten through a lot of it. Um, I've gone through a very lot. Uh, I've, again, you get distracted. Uh, you're doing your thing. Chicory is a game I also feel I can go back to. It's like Christian said, uh, going to the telephone booths and uh, talking to your mom and dad, uh, just popping into a wiki to find out what they actually mean, where it's at in the maps. I can go back to it. Um, the one thing Christian didn't mention was the control scheme. So he's talking like it's a Legend of Zelda game, but it's not like a, you're just swinging a sword or swinging your paintbrush. Yeah. You're walking with the one thumbstick or with you like your keyboard, the WASD, and then you got your uh, your mouse or your right thumbstick, which is your paintbrush. Um, I really wish I actually would play this on Steam. I feel like having the paintbrush on the mouse would probably would have benefited me yeah. a lot. Um, and I wish maybe Switch would have done something cool with the touchscreen, uh, but mm. yet they did not. Um, so when I'm facing the first boss, and it's something that you're running away from and trying to hit with your paintbrush, um, that kind of threw me off, but it was a very interesting way to play a game because it wasn't just like a top-down shooter, uh, like a uh, Dead Nation or something like that, Yeah. to where you're, you're, you're controlling your character, or Contra even, and like the direction you're putting the other thumbstick is where you're shooting. No, I'm controlling a paintbrush that is hovering over the screen to certain corners and trying to hit this eyeball as I'm fighting it and taking out other things. It was, it was a great way to go about it. And it's like honestly, a it's like a tap your head, rub your stomach kind of thing. Like when you're and trying to, I'm yeah. not very good at that, <laughs> so um, I'm aware of it. And that game kind of uh, let me know even uh, more so. Um, but I, I, I mean, I was able to defeat it. It's not that bad because honestly, like that's the only kind of combat I've seen in the entire thing is uh, when you get into those boss battles. Um, yep. And some of them are pretty fucking weird and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and not what you expect from a game like this. Again, like Christian said, it gets deep. Um, fantastic writing. Um, I think we already mentioned this on the podcast before. Anyone who needs a daddy, daddy disclaimer, this is yours right now. Um, having your dad come in and give you like the hard, um, the hardcore details on the next match, and like just the way like he's talking to you and like with your sister and your mom, it just. The whole, the whole family vibes are fucking fantastic in that game. And it's great. with the mental health parts of it, it's just the writing in this is phenomenal. I cannot state that enough. Um, it's cute. It's fun. I cannot mention, like when you're, like he said about being, being a Zelda game, like you're going from uh, frame to frame on level. So you go all the way to the left, it shifts over, and you get the new square, right? And you're walking around that square. You go to the top, bottom, left, right, and then you go to the next square. While you're doing that, Christian mentioned, you know, the world is now black and white, so you're now putting in colors there. So you're choosing what this color house is, what the top of the roof of it is, what the top of these trees are, what the base of them are, what the grass is. You could just paint a couple things and walk by and get through it. Like, I don't know if it's my ADD or whatever, but like I, I had to like I had to color Fill up it out. every mm-hmm. single thing. Like I had to like, okay, no, in this area the treetops are on this. If I go to the next area, have the same treetops, I'll, I'll give the same color. But then certain areas change the colors on you. So then you got a whole different... New color uh, palette. Real yeah. Color palette to deal with. And it's usually, what, around... Uh, it's like six colors. Can, yeah, six colors, something like that. You can kind of mix and match. Yeah. And then when you zoom out, like the map, it uh, has all the, the changes that you made reflected on the overworld map. And you can so still cool. paint the overworld map. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's fun stuff like, uh, I mean... This is, I guess, a little bit of a spoiler for Chicory, uh, but it's more of a fun spoiler, not a story spoiler. 
Um, but there's a certain point in the game uh, to where you get a, uh, a mission to where you get a design, design a shirt. And uh, so you're creating your own little shirt, your own little design. And then all of a sudden, characters in the world start having your little shirt design. They, obviously, you get the shirt yourself. Um, and you can just decorate your character. So, for want. instance, if you thought it'd be funny to draw a middle finger because you were like, ha, 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 like, I'm going to design this person's shirt. And then everybody in town is wearing a shirt with a middle finger on their leg. Sweet shirt. And you're like, oh, this is <laughs> awkward. Glad you like it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's uh, Chicory is a incredibly heartwarming game. Very fun. Um, uh, like Christian said about his other game earlier um, that he played this week. It's, it has a very Journey-like flower vibe. It's very chill. It's mm-hmm. very kind of a passive until you get to the boss battles. Um, but outside of that, outside of the story and like how deep it can get, it's, it's very, um, very, very, uh, very chill. Number four. Hey, Alex, I'm curious if this gets on your list. Kina, Bridge of Spirits. This is one of the most favorite platforming games that I've played in the, again the past decade. The same kind of hint with Halo and the favorite shooters I played. This um, one's one of my regrets too. This game gave me the nostalgia I had of play through the game. The, the, the combat wasn't that bad. We talked about it in previous episodes. Um, I had to dumb it down because I don't feel it's very well balanced. Uh, but it does still feel good and look good for the most part. And I feel if I was better at those parrying games and stuff like that, I'd probably be able to handle the higher difficulties a little bit better. Um, But it's very rare. And now that Guards of the Galaxy is here, I'm kind of feeling the same thing on it, is that I want to get through these combat areas and get through the linear parts of it because these cutscenes are 10 out of 10. Um, Kina, you notice the difference when you're playing it because the gameplay is nowhere near as beautifully Pixar detailed as the cutscenes are and they'll cut to black and give you those cutscenes and they're phenomenal. They are, they are those Pixar cutscenes that you see in those trailers um, for most of the cutscenes throughout the game. And they do such a good job. I really want to, I would love to see them do a different game and just kind of go with it. But if they gave me Kina two, I would be pleased as punch kind of see what she goes on and kind of continues on with it because you kind of figure out who she is and what she's going around doing and uh, how she has gotten to that point. And it's that ending. That ending was phenomenal. It tugs on your heartstrings so much. The whole game does. I mean, Kina, the bridge of spirits, she's a spirit fairy essentially to a certain point. It's going to hit you hard with all the spirits that she's faring um, beyond uh, where they're at and stuck in limbo or whatever. Uh, but, it's beautiful. Um, it never stops looking good. Skyboxes are the best skyboxes I've seen this entire fucking year. Um, Kina is one of two of my favorite like main single-player games in my uh, top four. Um, but I recommend it. If you're a fan of those older platformer games, you want a little bit of action with it and combat, feel free to dial it down to casual, super easy. Uh, just to get past some of this shit because the difficulty spikes like crazy. Um, but it's worth every fucking second you get with it because it's just a beautiful masterpiece of a storytelling. And if you just gave me an actual Netflix movie or series with this, been totally okay with it too, probably. Number three. Christian, 
We are same, same. Monster Hunter Rise, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is probably the most multiplayer I've played with one singular game in a long time. Monster I Hunter checked. World is kind of the same way. but We have 180 hours into it. Oh, we <laughs> collectively? No, like I looked like each no, one of them. We have that's separate. Yeah, like, yeah, separate. Like we've we've played 180 hours of that game. Yeah. So we like which is game. which is we not together. Not the 500 of World, but not bad. And yeah, and we still have an expansion coming. So give it time. Yeah, he reminded me. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, do I, I want to or do I do want to bail out like I did Iceborne? <laughs> I forgot that there was an expansion. Yeah, so did I. I totally did too. Um, but it's great. Christian said it already. Let's go. Let's go take some buddies out. Let's jump on our dogs, our puppers. Let's go ride them into the into where the monsters are. Um, it takes you right to the monsters. It's a very easy way of getting to it. It's not hard to figure it out. Um, they streamline this game per, to perfection almost. Uh, there's a couple of things here and there with armor, and once you get to the late game of hey these certain effects, these certain weaknesses kind of get it going, kind of figure this out. Oh, by the way, you might need to max out like this palico to a certain point. If you're playing by yourself, it's good to have an actual companion who can actually fucking heal you. Uh, kind of keep going with that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, it's just, there is some late game learning for sure. And if you want to get to more complicated weapons, uh, it's going to take some learning, but I, a, I went in there, um, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. I, I love that. I love that game. And once this expansion comes out, if I don't have anything else I'm playing, I'm totally down to go for it. Um, like we've gotten to a point to where, I mean, obviously these two boys have gotten a lot further on in the game than I have as far as the extra lengths outside of the, the base game. But uh, it's, it was very thoroughly enjoyable. My doggo looks really cool. I think I look really cool. I think my weapons look really cool. I got a bunch of them, different mm-hmm. elements to make sure I can fuck somebody's day up if I know you too. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, everyone's a good, good monster hunter game. Everybody loves it. Number two on my list. I thought about this a little bit. I thought it was going to be lower, but it's the main next generation game. I have my list. I think they did to perfection. Um, that would be ratchet and clank rift apart. Uh, again, like we mentioned, didn't change a whole lot of the formula, but why uh, fix something that's not broken, right? Um, that's the last fair. time I played yeah. the Ratchet and Clank game was the remake of the first one, so it did seem like an improvement. Um, there was extra stuff to it. Um, I did not play much of the Ratchet and Clank games before that, so therefore I'm not all about going commando or up your arsenal, knowing about all these crazy guns and what they did with the story and all this crazy shit. Um, they just gave me a bunch of fun guns, uh, gave me a really interesting, st- not really interesting, gave me an interesting story, and uh, it looked phenomenal. Um, the Rift stuff, they didn't dive too much into as I thought they would, seeing as how the advertisement and the commercial parts of it were, we're going through Rifts, and look how fast you can fly through different levels. I'm like, you do that probably five times in the entire fucking game. Um, and it's just, outside of that, though, if you're asking me what the perfect Ratchet and Clank game is, I would have told you the reboot or whatever they did with it, but now it's this one. Um, it's just For sure. solid, one thousand percent. I would consider it a perfect platformer. 
Yeah, it's or whatever you want to call that game nowadays. Um, collectible, whatever, shooter, looter, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I still think it's a platformer, for sure. Yeah, I would consider it more a platformer. Um, it's perfect. It deserves it. 10 out of 10. It, it's phenomenal. Um, the looks, the feels, the, the fun I had with it. It is short. Um, like I said, like these guys said, like it doesn't change a lot of the formula, but it does the fucking job. And it does the job really well. And it being a PS5 exclusive, a, a company and a game that wants to have the balls to not say they're going to downgrade anything to be a PS4, which, I mean, they probably would have done better financially. And it probably would have been too hard to kind of dumb some stuff down for that. Um, but I feel it's nice to have something like that, like Returnal, to where it's just, this is why I have a fucking PlayStation in my living room, right? This is why I think it's beautiful, but people would say it's obnoxious looking tower in the middle of my living room, taking up space that I'm playing fucking Fall Guys and PS4 games on mm-hmm. and watching Netflix on that I spent extra money for. But I actually have excuses as to why I have that, which is Ratchet Clank Returnal. Uh, great game. If you like them ratchets, if you're one of the lucky few like myself who is a prestigious PlayStation gamer, you have a PS5 and you can play that game. Number one, with no surprise to anybody in the fucking room, Guilty Gear Strive. There it is. I do love me some anime. I do love me some fighting games. And the last game that they made was the Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which I thought looked exactly like the anime, but wasn't a fighting game for me. They gave me this. And I've, I've seen some Guilty Gear here and there. It looks good. It looks fun. I never really got into it. The more I watched of this game, the more I got excited. Uh, the more I dived into the lore of it, uh, watching hours and hours of videos of who the fuck are these characters, what the fuck's going on in this world. Guess what? It's crazy Japanese anime shit. You're not going to understand it. It doesn't matter. Feel There's free to characters right named now. that man. <laughs> bad guy. <laughs> Soul bad no. guy. Yeah, it's it, it's the secretary of the most defense. <laughs> it's fun. Um, so obviously, like Christian mentioned before, uh, we both have it's it's honestly multi, mainly a multiplayer game, fighting game. It's, it's a fighting game through and through. Uh, they're Play not fucking around too much. With towers or arcade, like there is an arcade mode if you want to kind of go through some of the stuff with AI. But this game is mainly meant for you to play online competitively or casually competitively, if you will. And the story mode is straight up fucking animation. Cutscenes with the uh, gameplay models, everything of that nature, which they do a very good job on. Uh, Christian was saying that this is a perfection as far as the animation. When you watch the story, I will not say it's perfection. I'll say it's very good. <clears throat> Looks fantastic. But sometimes you might be seeing characters walking around. They're kind of like moonwalking as they're going because the animation oh, is sure, not yeah. perfection. Um, but when you're playing the game, yes. Yes, it is. Um, the story is batshit crazy. It's really fun to watch. Um, like, like, what was it? Like, we played like, like for like a, many, or a couple weeks, and all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I'll start watching the story. Because our story is just filler for your mind on what these characters, who they are, what they're doing. And most of those characters aren't even in the fucking story. 
If they are, they're there for maybe a couple seconds. Um, and then it kind of teases you on who could be um, the DLC characters. So, for example, the new one they mentioned. Um, name is evading me. What's his name? Happy Chaos. Person? Happy Chaos. Um, he's like the main protagonist in that entire... Or antagonist, I'm sorry. Antagonist in that entire... In that entire sh- series, like as far as like the story is concerned, like he he's like your main villain for three and a half, I would say, hours of that storyline, which is four hours long. You don't get to play him until what, this week. I think he comes out next week, whatever. He's already out. Um, yeah, he's already out. Yeah, so it's he's your third downloadable character. And there's, there's things like that to where like you, I kind of looking at the story now, like they're probably gonna get this guy next. Or that guy next, or maybe they might throw us a uh, a, le- a left 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 hook. Come on, biking. Different. Yeah, we all want biking, and they're going to be another season. We all know that, so it's fine. And we'll get more story soon as well mm-hmm. uh, in one of the DLCs, which I'm super excited about because <laughs> when the White House is a flying fortress, <laughs> you know you're in for a good time. It's just it's just fucking. Anime is... I love, fucking love Japanese anime. It's fucking fantastic. I just love it so much. Um, but it's... It, outside of everything like that, um, it is probably the most invested I have been in a fighting game. And I've enjoyed it a lot. I've enjoyed my Injustice games. I've enjoyed my Mortal Kombat games. I'm a big NetherRealm guy. Um, I've never been a Capcom person. Uh, Street Fighter's never done it for me. Tekken has always felt clunky to me. Uh, I've enjoyed them to a point, but none of them I ever felt as capable as I am until I got to guilty gear. Um, I've thought about going to older ones. Apparently they kind of mess me up because the combat moves are different and it's kind of getting me all screwy. Um, but I'm, I'm willing to dive into some of those for some of the different characters that aren't in this game uh, to kind of just get some idea and feel for them if they ever do come out uh, for this game. Uh, but guilty Gear strive for me, I've probably got the most enjoyment out of this year and just, felt the best about i mean we haven't even mentioned the music in it mm. like it like the, the music in it is top notch and, and before anybody says anything preston and i are staunch defenders of may theme there's going to be no may theme haters oh, in here it's so good especially compared to what you're doing like just being like this vicious like combat kind of like area and all of a sudden you get this like almost like k-pop kind of J-pop yeah like even. j-pop stuff mm-hmm. yeah like just just feel to it and it's just it's the funniest fucking thing in the world but the animation does so well. It feels so well. And I, I could play somebody who I, like, even with Christian, like he'll play for a couple of weeks and like, he'll be getting his moves down and getting everything kind of all situated. And then I'll pop in with the, Eno, and then I'll just be kind of getting in there doing my thing. I haven't played for two weeks, but still I just, it feels so good. It's like riding a bike. Like you just get back on that shit and you're just going through it and it just, it's a good time. It's a great time. Um, yeah. Guilty of Strive, Game of the Year. I've already said it. Democracy. Are you done? Two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's safe for next episode. Look, um, but that, that's we, it for you, me. That, that's, my, that's my ten. Go I'll on. let you make your arguments, but one of my opinions is that a Game of the Year should also have commercial appeal, wide commercial appeal, and uh, I don't know if that game does. I'm just gonna be. Hey, honest. good thing that it's number one at Evo this year, so it's fine. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah. Best best selling a fighting Arsenal's a game, fighting tournament. The best. Yeah, that's yeah. shown on the, on national TV now. The I, fighting tournament. 
I, that's fine. It just doesn't have the commercial appeal of some other games. That's all I'm saying. So okay. All right. all right. So do you think we can get through all ten of these in five minutes and end this at three hours? Um, <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so hey, look, we knew this one was going to be long. We said it leading up to it. We all knew. Um. So number ten for me. I, I'm not going to spend too long on a lot of these because they've been said. So uh, yeah. number ten is Ratchet and Clank. All right. Said. Yeah. Moving on. Um, number nine. <laughs> what do you want me to say? It's literally, no, enough, it's yeah. it's the same thing. Um, We've said it, yeah. So number nine was Skyward Sword. It's a really good remake okay. for right. Switch. They fixed the control schemes. It, it plays really well. It feels really good. Um, yeah. It doesn't quite... It would have been higher on my list if they captured the same magic as Link's Awakening. Um, they didn't quite capture that. I think it's because of the art style is in that weird time in between of like, it's not the, the 32. Trying to be high res, but yeah, not. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. It's not like Link's Awakening, which was like that, you know, 32-bit sort of character um, that they were able to like really up res, but still make it fun and cartoony and and, mm-hmm. and aloof. Um, so yeah, this, this is in that weird graphics uh, phase to where like some of it works, some of it doesn't, but the control scheme and the story are still there and it's still fun. It plays better than it ever did before. Um, so that's number nine. Number eight is Kenna. Kenna was pretty, it was fun. It was, uh, a, a good story. The reason Kenna is lower to me is because the gameplay was unbalanced and it, um, it got repetitive. Like some of the puzzles and some Very, of the yeah. enemy fights were pretty repetitive. So that's why that one ended up a little bit lower. Um, number seven was Death Store. I, I enjoyed. Yeah. I have not beaten Death Store. It's one of. Uh, it actually may be the only game on my list that I have not beaten, I think. Um, yeah. So Death Store, it's fun. It's quirky. It, it f- doesn't. I know it gets related to the uh, Souls games, but it doesn't feel like a Souls game. It does in the mechanics. Like, you're going around and you're fighting, and if you walk into a zone that's a little too high, you're going to die, and it it is what it is. But, like, if you're not reading between the lines to find the Souls game in it, it's its own indie explorer. It's very fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The music is fantastic. Like, I downloaded the album on my iPhone and, and listen to the soundtrack occasionally. Like the music is great. The characters look great. The boss fights are fun and unique. And even somebody like me that doesn't play souls games, it was welcoming enough that I could pick up and move through it and feel, um, feel good about the gameplay. Right? Like I never got to a point I died on bosses, but I never got to a point where I was so frustrated. Like I had to put it down. Yeah. I would just keep pushing through and I would beat it and kept moving. So, um, yeah, Death's Door is solid. I'm excited to actually put more time into that and beat it. We'll see when that happens because of the other games that are coming out. But that's a solid seven for me. Um, six is Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey. I'm actually not going to give spoilers only because Preston hasn't beaten it. And if I want to take off the headphones for a minute, you can wave to me. No, it's it's fine. Um, and I talked a lot about it a, a couple weeks ago without spoilers as well. Um it's a fun game. It's the best. It's the best version of Guardians of the Galaxy, in my opinion. Better than the movies. the The relationships are fun. The story they tell is fun. It it makes more sense because 
it's a video game and in a video game sci-fi space weird monsters and other stuff feel more natural in a movie right so there's not like you don't have to suspend disbelief as much so first off no one told me there were star fox moments in this fucking game there are a few flying there are a few flying got to mention yeah (laughs) i got stoked when that shit happened like yo okay me and milano we gonna do this okay and they're just long enough. Like they're not they're not yeah. too long. They don't give it to you too yeah, much. Yeah. Like two or three times in the game, and and it's just like enough, and then you move on. So they don't they do a really good job at not hovering too much. Um, it's six, which is a weird spot for me because like it's higher than Death's Door only because I didn't finish Death's Door. Like I feel like if I would have finished that story, that may have flip flopped. And it's higher than Kenna because the story of Guardians of the Galaxy really hits. But there are some things that, like, hold it back. I could see if there were a couple other games on this list, it could drop down further. And I, I talked about it last time, which is I'm used to the fighting, but I understand the complaints of the clunky fighting, of, like, the clunky feel to the hitting L1 and up, down, left, right, or whatever to make people attack. But also, yeah. as I mentioned, the last... It's three hours too long. The last three hours of just a string of fights, like... The story is great, but it's just three hours too long. Um, so that's that's why it falls at six for me. Five is a game that didn't come out this year, but I played it this year, and I struggled with where this game should fall because I honestly feel like it should be higher. Unfortunately, there are just a few other games that I played that, like, they were tough. Oh, it's going to be 10 2. It's going to be 10 2. It's not. Um, it's control. <laughs> oh. Hey, there you go. Okay. Control is yeah. five. Um, I'll take it. Yeah. I, I, that game deserves to be so much higher. I mean, honestly, it's if I like played it in 2019 when it came only out. Because, like, the re release came out this year. That's so. Okay. That's fine. But, I, but I played yeah, it this year. But right? I mean, like, you like, played we, the re release that his... did come out this year. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I, I think if I played it in another year where maybe it didn't have some of the competition, like it would be higher because that game. Good. And I talked, I talked about it at length when I when I finally beat it. Like from beginning to the end of the last expansion, it's great. It's it creates a, a world in the old house that's so unique. I've never experienced anything like it in any other game. Um, and it's one of those few games that are so good you wish you could wipe your memories so the next time you go back and play it, it was fresh all over again. Like, it is so well done. Um, Four. Not going to spend too much time here. Uh, Almost falls in the same spot as you guys. Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great game. What can you say? It's a fantastic game. I'm super excited. It it should probably technically be three, um, but there's a surprise coming. even. (laughs) There's a surprise coming on my list later, so. Um, Number three. Final Fantasy X-2. No, this is bullshit. Uh, no, I'm, oh, I'm kidding. I'm like, kidding. Dude, this is that joke. old of a game. Like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> that means that Preston's number one game for every year is Star Fox 64, and that's it. And there's no competition. <laughs> no. no, Final Fantasy is not in this list. The game was trash. Um, three is Tales <laughs> of Arise. Wow. Hey, wow. So, okay. Dude, I told you. Tales yeah. of Arise. I liked it was really well done um, and would have been two if it wasn't for the fact that I went back and saw the games that I played this year. And then there was ah. one game that I hit that was like, oh shit, okay. Um, <laughs> dude, so this one, 
the next this game and the next game are the two most polished games I've played this year and maybe for a while. Like okay. it was it is Persona 5 level of polish. Like never crashed, never froze, never had a frame rate drop. But beyond just the general gameplay experience, as I said with Arise, like you have anime cutscenes that are so well animated and so well voice acted. You have CGI cutscenes that are gorgeous to look at. Um, the story is involved because it is a JRPG, SJRPG, as Christian likes to say. Like it, it goes bonkers. Um, you start off on. So just a quick divergent of when Christian told the story of me saying, I don't know where I am. You start off, you're this dude that loses his memory. You quickly meet up with this girl who's clearly a princess and she's like on the run and you're her hero because, you know, JRPG hero in female distress. Um, But she's powerful in her own right. And she has this power that hurts everybody that touches her, except for you, because not only did you lose your memories when you started this game, but you also apparently lose feeling in your nerve endings. So, like, she doesn't hurt you when you touch her, whatever. Um, but there's there's a few, there's like five kingdoms, and these kingdoms collect a resource. And every f- few years, every five years, they have a, a tournament, and the person with the most resource is emperor essentially so it's just always these five kingdoms vying for power uh the resource is actually collected through people so it's almost like their spirit like they're taking their spirit and some people do this through hard labor but other people are like really terrible people and they just murder their citizens and that's how they take it um so that's the first bit of the game and then you I realized like I was fighting these bosses in pretty rapid succession and I'm like, all right, well I knew this game for JRPG wasn't super long. Like the story is only 20 hours, which is nuts. Um, but I still feel like I'm moving really quickly. Spoiler warnings for three minutes starting now. And that's because when you beat the five of the, or the four of them, you realize like the fifth one who is kind of the big bad is only the end of the story on the world you're on. Oh, and you actually go to space and there's <laughs> like, um, there's, there's two opposing worlds. Like you, of course, because GRPG live on the poor world and there's a rich world up here. Right. Yeah. Um, but there's actually something unique going on. So in the rich world, they were so advanced with technology um, they did the same thing. So they uh, ran their world and built their technology around this resource, right, that they take from their own people. And because it was very populated and it was very rich and their technology was so advanced, they just grew like crazy. Well, it actually ended up consuming the world. So what you can't see from the world you start on is that it's not a complete sphere the world has been destroyed and it's like half a shell, but it just so happens to be like the half that faces you. So you, they think the people, the poor people think that, you know, the ones that rule over the rich ones are still up there and they're not, you, you get up there and it's a barren wasteland and there's one being living. And what it is, is a long time ago, 
a god came to this planet, told them how to collect this resource, and essentially that was his life source, and he lived there long enough to kill everyone on the planet, right? He consumed everyone and everything on that planet. So then he needed more resources, so they essentially, like, Manchurian Candidate implanted this emperor down on the planet below to spread the idea of this tournament and this, like, revolving empire, if you will, essentially to just to get the stupid people to kill themselves and send the resource up. It's convoluted. It's actually not hard to follow, but it was really that interesting. That sounds way more interesting um, than I w- would have thought. That's fair enough. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, and then the ending has one of the prettiest cutscenes um, as the 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 godlike being is kind of sucking up as much power as it can, you know, because the climax of the game. Um, what happens is instead of growing the sphere of the shell of the planet back, um, the shell kind of falls to the side like leaves, and then just this huge weird like flower sprouts out of it out in space, and it's just it's fucking bonkers. But it was really good. But again, super polished. It was just long enough. The story, if you want to roll through it, was like 20 hours. But to platinum it, it took me like 50. So for a JRPG, is re- relatively short. And as I mentioned before, it never wastes your time. No matter what you're doing. Like, it's never a waste of time. Um, so yeah. So that game, was, that game was great. Number two um, was also not a game that came out this year. But it did come out on PS5 this year. And it was some of the most fun I've had playing a game in general in a long time. And that's Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh, oh fair enough. Okay. Dude, Yakuza. It was number was one on my like, list last year for a reason. Also so polished. I, I So I didn't play it until the re-release on Xbox and PlayStation 5 for the up-res. Uh, and the you know quality of life updates they did. But... Again, never had a crash, never had a freeze, never had a glitch. It was witty and funny and welcoming to new Yakuza players, but also, like, tied in stuff for Yakuza players that have been there for a long time. And, I mean, what more can I say about, like, the pound mates system where you can call in a friend and, like, the first one you meet is this jacked dude with spiky balls on his hands and... One's a lobster Nancy that Chan. other lobsters. And Nancy, it's just, it is so good. And it is one of those games, it's long, but with New Game Plus and other stuff, it's one of those games that I will, has gone into my library like Persona 5. Like, I love that game a lot. And it's one of those that I will return to for that, like, comfort food. Yeah. Right, because it's just definitely so fun a daddy disclaimer so well in that done. game. Definitely, definitely a daddy disclaimer. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. But that game is great. Uh, so here we are, number one on my list, mm-hmm. a game that neither of you had, which is fair because I didn't have Guilty Gear Strive, so it's okay. <laughs> X two. <laughs> Final Fantasy ten. He says Cyberpunk. No. I'm getting off this call right now. <laughs> Number one on my list um, is something that I think needs no argument for. Um, and I feel confident in saying it's a solid number one is Final Fantasy XIV. And 
Final Fantasy XIV sure. Endwalker, though technically doesn't come out until tomorrow. You are confident I'm enough going in to it. Go ahead <laughs> to put it on my number one um, because this game is bringing us full circle. It is taking you to the moon. Like a moon. And it it is being produced and given by a development team and publisher that I and I said like Cat Palma super in touch. This is the other company that is there's nobody more in touch with their audience that listens to the audience, that interacts with the audience and their player base, and you see it in how the player base is growing like crazy and, you know, and they're taking players from other MMOs like world of Warcraft, but you also see it in the events that they do and the, the community things that they do. And you're seeing it in the gameplay changes and the mechanics and other stuff. I can't wait to see what sort of crazy ass directions the story takes us during this expansion. But it was, it's going to be the end of a journey that was started quite a few years ago. And I am so excited to see this to, to the end that it is my number one game of the Shout year. Shout out to Yoshi P. And by no the... Yep. Yeah, and next week when we do our... Um, we do our... The Testing Room Pod, like, definitive top ten, it'll be on that list somewhere, oh, I yeah. have a feeling. And here's Absolutely, the thing. Absolutely, right? I'm just going to say... There's, it, I, I personally, like you, I believe... I didn't put it on my list because, you know, we haven't played it yet, but... I think there's an absolute, there is a 0% chance it's going to be bad. That being said, it will be fucking hilarious if for whatever reason this expansion is awful and we come back on this to do the testing room top 10 and Alex goes, I would like to revise my list. Uh, number one is not that game. Like, <laughs> no, I, I am so excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. For this game. Um, but yeah, that is my list. Um, like we said, next week, we're going to get together. We're going to talk and debate about our, our our definitive top 10. Interestingly enough, we share about... We we each... All three of us share four. So here's, here's what I think. Four here's of them. My pre- and then there's a, like two of us share a couple extra. You two share a couple extra. Zone, my prediction so. will be that our bottom five will be really easy to lock in. And I think that it's going to be after that that it gets very messy. Yeah. Because it's not just, even if we share games, it's where do those games yeah. fall, you know? Yeah. And there's things you have to consider. You have to consider quality, you have to consider polish, you have to consider fun, you have to consider who plays them more than a thousand people at Evo. So it's going to be an okay. interesting conversation. So with that, everyone, it's been a long one, but it's been yes. a fun one. And thanks for hanging yeah, out yeah. with us. And uh, we will see you next week. So Preston, you know what to do. Hit it hard. This has been The Testing Room. Music by at Damien Crow on Instagram. Logo and art by at RavePet. Interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at TestingRoomPod or email us at TestingRoomPod at gmail.com. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all of your favorite podcasting apps. And make sure to share us with your friends. Thanks, and see you next time.